Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining us here. <clears throat> it is Wednesday, my dudes. Good to see you all. Thank you for joining us here at Red Ice TV. If you're joining us maybe on some of the other streaming platforms that we are on, Trovo, Odyssey, DLive. For now, we'll see how long we'll last there. We'll try to get people off of DLive. Go to some of the other platforms. Trovo is a good option. Odyssey is a good option. We also got on VK, Float. Uh, what else am I forgetting? Of course, to our websites, redice.tv and uh, redicemembers.com. As always, special shout out to you guys over in the member section joining us over there. Uh, definitely make sure you check out the latest Weekend Warrior show. Great show. Uh, did some coverage on the uh, on the simulated foods uh, that actually are being launched uh, right now. Simulated nugs from a company called Simulate. Great. <laughs> Fantastic segment, right? Uh, really good stuff. We covered some of the other things as well regarding uh, critical race theory being stopped. Uh, also for the, was it the 49 uh, exclusively Jewish organizations that have signed on to uh, this letter demanding the Biden regime uh, opening the borders uh, to the U.S. Very surprising, of course, but we covered that in uh, great detail. Uh, and also the plague of TikTok houses. Uh, if you don't know what TikTok houses is, uh, n well, neither did I, but unfortunately I, I found out. And uh, that's when we uh, that, that's when you realize that, uh, you know, co letting comments kind of do the job for us is really not... Uh, Really not such a bad idea. And then uh, and then you have things like this, right? <clears throat> Do you guys see this hologram? I guess it's a, like a legit, like a, you know, cellular uh, company. Uh, a global cellular platform for Internet of Things. Getting Internet everywhere for everything for everyone. Uh, not too many followers to hologram is their name. Let's say that <clears throat> regarding the happy, happy Pride Month thing, right? They say, Happy Pride Month. You know the G in 5G stands for for gay. Maybe that's a maybe that's a new take <clears throat> on uh, on those who are critic uh, criti criticals uh, critical <laughs> of the uh, of the 5G technology overall. Five gay. Well, I don't know. What, what do we do? Comet. Comet time? I think a power outage and global one maybe uh, not a bad idea at this point. Yeah, uh, I, 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 think, uh... I for one welcome the comet. Anyway, uh, thank you for joining us here. If you're uh, just tuning in live, this is No Go Zone Wednesdays. We do this show, episode 58, and it is uh, June 16th. If you want to join us today, there's a couple of ways. EntropyStream.live slash TV. That's a great way. Supports the show as well. Uh, good super chat option. Keeping an eye on Odyssey as well. Odyssey.com slash TV. You can join us over there. Uh, and some of you are uh, switching over, I think, from DLive over to our Trovo channel. 
That's uh, trouble.live at red eye, or slash, I should say, red eyes. Uh, I'm trying to keep an eye on things over there. You guys sending spells and all that good stuff over there. Thank you, uh, everyone doing that. I see Brad C over there sending a cash bang. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Very kind of you. Uh, Scandivan for, uh, with an on fire spell. LT with a, another spell. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. I did see a couple of entropies before we dive into some of the topics. Uh, why don't we do, why don't we take some of those down real quick here? Uh, Michael 57 DE always good to see you Michael he says hail Henry glad to see you finally made it yeah I know always late and gay that's how that's how the game seems to be going here uh, hail the gods hail our folk 14 for 14 words thank you Michael appreciate that always good to see you thank you for the support Jimmy Fallis uh, says uh, it is Wednesday my dudes good to see you Henrik I hope you are doing well here that the January 6 gay op was gayer than we thought yes we're actually going to begin there today uh, so you beat me to it Jimmy um, that the un, uh, unindicted co-conspirator, co-conspirators are mostly likely all feds. That's right. And we, I mean, that's what we talked about. That's what we said. That's what we, we called this, right? As soon as you see stuff like this, you begin to wonder. Yeah, to a certain extent, was it a goofball riot? Yes. But it was a bunch of feds that were trying to get boomers to go along with this. And I mean, those are probably likely the most, those were the people who, the, the violence that we saw and the energy of, of sorts that was created, I think, in terms of like, let's do this, let's 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 get in there and let's let's break up the, the barricade, so to speak. Right? Yes, they were led in to a certain extent too, many of them, uh, but some of them were, I think, were really roped up in this kind of uh, you know, I mean, genuinely angry sentiments, right? Of like, they fucking just stole the election. What are you going to do about it, right? And then there was a couple of uh, ringleaders that uh, that that hyped up the energy and like, let's fucking do this. Let's get in there. Let's do it. Let's, you know, and I think that that's the majority of where you saw the violence from. In other words, it's uh, instigators, right? Sting operation. Uh, Glowies are, were involved in this. But we'll we'll get to that in a moment. Anyway, uh, thank you, Jimmy. Uh, also con- uh, continuing here on Jimmy's chat, he says, uh, I also hear that Biden wants people to report potentially radicalized friends and family for what a thought crime. I would assume so. I have. I didn't see. Was there actually a video of that? If if it is, uh, Jimmy, maybe you can just put it in the regular uh, entropy chat because I'd like to play that. I have a little segment on this overall, uh, just how bad things are getting, and that's part of why I titled the show today as well. It's basically it's 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 afraid. It, it is afraid, and that's what this is the sign up, right? Uh, they are panicking because all the things that they've been trying it's just it's not working right but but we'll get to that later uh, another one here for, from Jimmy as well thank you Jimmy for your support appreciate that says did you see John Stewart on Colbert uh, he actually was pretty good and you can't tell that he went off script because you can see Colbert panicking I did not see that uh, and when Colbert tried to Steve Bannon interrupt him he cuts loose and doesn't let him go I gotta watch that uh, not sure what the topic was about but that that's interesting well, I mean, we've seen uh, some of these. Uh, not, I don't think uh, John. Uh, what was his real name? Maybe Chad has it. Was it uh, uh, Berk- Birkenstein or something? What was the, his real name? John. Uh, <laughs> even Trump tweeted about it. Why did John? If he's so proud of his heritage, why did he, did he change his name from John Stewart or from jo- uh, John Berkowitz or whatever it was, right? To to John Stewart. Um, I don't think he's the one who would line up with these people, but we have seen some supposed like genuine uh, people on the left, like Jimmy Dore, or even Michael Tracy, to a certain certain extent, they've had their beefs with uh, uh, beefs with the Young Turks and stuff like that, right? But they're, they're more they're more honest. I mean, even Glenn Greenwald, to a certain extent, we've seen kind of break out of that mold because they're just you. How can you not see how bad things are right now and who the target is? Who's the who who the 
I won't say victim, but who the uh, who, who the main who they're circling out as the as the reason for all of this, right? Anyway, thank you, Jimmy. I appreciate that. That's uh, very kind of you, uh, Leibowitz. That's right. One, uh, someone in chat had that on Odyssey. That's right, Leibowitz. That's right, John Leibowitz. Yeah, why did he why did he change his name? Oy vey, I can't believe it. What's happening? Okay, so <clears throat> why do we do this? Let's begin on that clip then, right? Let's 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 do that. Uh, so Tucker talked about this, and 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 again, I'm very glad to see this circulating around um, in in mainstream circles now. Finally, and of course, it was kind of through the the work of Revolver. Uh, but frankly, many people have talked about this now, leading up through the whole thing, right? They've 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 recognized what happened. They saw immediately that this is a gay op, this is a, a sting operation, all that stuff, right? This is, uh, it just, it's in the air. You can sense it, especially with the past history of this kind of stuff too. And think about the lead up here too in the Capital Six, the supposed, this, the Capital Siege, right, as they call it. Uh, genuine uh, people showing up uh, with, as Putin said, and we'll get that to that later too, uh, political demands, right? They wanted to see, uh, see uh, changes, right? And many of them, uh, we don't know yet how many, because there's uh, tens of thousands of hours missing from the surveillance footage, right? Or they haven't released that. Uh, we don't know how many of them were let in and how many did actually break in, right? But yes, there were some that were like, you know, pushing through, <clears throat> trying to get in and so forth. And yes, there were a couple of cops that were, uh, you know, you know, injured or whatever, right? Um, but again, I think a lot of that was was hyped up energy and, and like, you know, instigated basically by feds, right? Yeah, so Revolver had it, Tucker covered it. Uh, so was it, Ar yeah, Archie Bunker over on uh, Trovo says, Ashley Babbitt's demise was a hate crime. Time was needed to scrub the racist killer's social media. Is that, was that so? Yeah. Um, yeah, I know maybe you were talking about the, the person who actually shot Ashley Babbitt, I, I would assume, or something like that, right? Uh, Archie Bunker. But uh, yeah, they did. They did need. Um, they have not released any information about that killer, right? I think Tucker opened on that too. But that that's kind of set some of this off here. Let's just look at that segment first. It's a bit longer, but it's really good, right? And they talked to uh, uh, what's his name on Revolver News. Um, uh, oh, what's his name again? Uh, forget his name. It'll come to me. Uh, let's check out this first. Let's begin with this here. Who did shoot Ashley Babbitt, and why don't we know? Are anonymous federal agents now allowed to kill unarmed women who protest the regime? That's okay now? No, it's not okay. It'll never be okay. And why are all those January 6th protesters still in prison on trespassing charges as so many Biden voters who torched federal buildings walking free? What's the answer to that question? If all of that was going on in Russia, we would rightly call it scary. We would call Putin a dictator. In fact, we do call him a dictator. And speaking of January 6th, why are there still so many things, basic factual matters that we don't understand about that day? Why is the Biden administration preventing us from knowing? Why is the administration still hiding more than 10,000 hours of surveillance tape from the U.S. Capitol on January 6th? What could possibly be the reason for that? Even as they call for more openness, we need to get to the bottom of it. They could release those tapes today, but they're not. Why? We ought to be asking those questions urgently. Oh, sorry, me, my bad. Let's let's keep going there. There we go. Because as the <clears throat> Attorney General reminded us today, a lot depends on the answers. And at least one news organization is asking that. Revolver News. It's a new site. It's turned out to be one of the last honest outlets on the Internet. A new piece on Revolver.News suggests an answer to some of these questions. We know that the government is hiding the identity of many law enforcement officers who were present at the Capitol on January 6th, not just the one who killed Ashley Babbitt. 
According to the government's own court filings, those law enforcement officers participated in the riot, sometimes in violent ways. We know that because without fail, the government has thrown the book at most people who are present in the Capitol on January 6th. There was a nationwide dragnet to find them, and many of them are still in solitary confinement tonight. But strangely, some of the key people who participated on January 6th have not been charged. Look at the documents. The government calls those people unindicted co-conspirators. What does that mean? Well, it means that in potentially every single case, they were FBI operatives. Really? In the Capitol on January 6th. For example, one of those unindicted co-conspirators is someone government documents identify only as Person 2. According to those documents, Person 2 stayed in the same hotel room as a man called Thomas Caldwell, an insurrectionist, a man alleged to be a member of the group The Oath Keepers. Person 2 also, quote, stormed the barricades at the Capitol on January 6th alongside Thomas Caldwell. The government's indictments further indicate that Caldwell, who, by the way, is a 65-year-old man, this dangerous insurrectionist, was led to believe there would be a, quote, quick reaction force also participating on January 6th. That quick reaction force, Caldwell was told, would be led by someone called Person 3, who had a hotel room and an accomplice with him. But wait, here's the interesting thing. Person 2 and Person 3 were organizers of the riot. The government knows who they are, but the government has not charged them. Why is that? You know why. They were almost certainly working for the FBI. So FBI operatives were organizing the attack on the Capitol on January 6th, according to government documents. And those two are not alone. In all, Revolver News reported there are, quote, upwards of 20 unindicted co-conspirators in the Oath Keeper indictments all playing various roles in the conspiracy, who have not been charged for virtually the exact same activities, and in some cases, much, much more severe activities as those named alongside them in the indictments. Huh? So it turns out that this white supremacist insurrection was, again, by the government's own admission in these documents, organized at least in part by government agents. Are you yes. shocked? We're shocked. We shouldn't be shocked. No, because in March, the FBI director admitted that the Bureau was infiltrating as many dissident groups that oppose the regime as it possibly can. There must be moments where you think if we would have known, uh, if we could have uh, infiltrated this group or found out what they were doing. And that, do you, do you have those moments? So anytime there's an attack, especially one that's this horrific, that strikes right at the heart of our system of government, right at the time the transfer of power is being discussed, you can be darn tootin' <laughs> that we are focused very, very hard on how can we get better sources, better information, better analysis, so that we can make sure that something like what happened on January 6th never happens again. Never again, right? <laughs> but wait a second. There's a huge difference between using an informant to find out what a group you find threatening might do and paying people to help organize a violent action which is what happened, apparently, according to government documents, on January 6th. That's a line, and the FBI has crossed it. And it's not the first time they crossed that line in Michigan. Remember that plot to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer? Yes. We heard a lot about that. And Whitmer was able to cover some of her own incompetence, though not all, by pointing to the fact that she's now a victim. Now, in the FBI's telling of that plot, a whole team of insurrectionists was going to drive a van up to Gretchen Whitmer's vacation house and throw her in the back and drive away. 
The mastermind of this plot, according to the FBI, was a man called Adam Fox. Who is Adam Fox? Adam Fox turned out to be a homeless guy who was living in the basement of a vacuum repair shop. Quite a gorilla. The whole story was a farce. It was insulting. Let me pause there for a second. Remember, we covered this. What was the date on this show anyway? Uh, October, right? October 11, 2020. All that stuff about vanilla, vanilla ISIS. I think, uh, do you guys remember that? The Michigan plot? And <laughs> it was like obvious at that point, right? And they admitted as much at that time as well. They were like, we're, yeah, we're, we have all these agents on the inside. They're trying. They're the ones who are driving this. They're the ones who are instigating this. They're the ones who are getting these boomers to go along in this stuff. And if they don't go along, they charge them anyway. They're the ones who are like talking on some telegram group or something. We should do this, the Fed says. And if you don't like get the hell out of there or says, no, you shouldn't do that, they can rope you in on that too, right? And that's what we, that's part of what we saw on January 6th as well, right? A lot of boomers were roped into this. They had this lead up. They had this practice over and over and over again, right? I forget how many re uh, marches there were in D.C., right? There was like three, I think, at least before January 6th, right? Uh, same thing happened in Charlottesville. I mentioned that in the beginning, right? There was like three, I think there was three events there that took place before you know the one in on in august what was it 17th or something like that right they were training and training and setting everything in place and then they execute it and then they do it anyway back to back to tucker here we, we, we covered this with the michigan uh with the whitmer the farce regarding that i mean that was that was ridiculous uh absolutely ridiculous but they don't care they run with that and and, and that's the proof that they're using to highlight how white people who basically don't want to be fucked over don't want to be like erased are the biggest threat and the biggest problem that America has to face right now. There's many other things you can talk about what is going on in this country and all, all around the West right now. Uh, and this, this lie, this complete bullshit that they're trying to claim that the big problem here, the big boogeyman, are white people who are simply saying no, right? This is, it's ridiculous. But anyway, back to, uh, back to Tucker. Really, once you got to the details, which outlets like the AP didn't bother with in the first read, but if you read the government's charging documents carefully, and you should, you will see that it gets even more ridiculous. It turns out that one of the five people in the planned Gretchen Whitmer kidnap van was an FBI agent in the van. Another was an FBI informant. And the feds admitted in these documents that an informant or undercover agent was, quote, usually present in the group's meetings. In other words, using simple math, which we can do even on cable news, Nearly half the gang of kidnappers were working for the FBI. Remember the guy who suggested using a bomb to blow up a bridge as part of that plot? That got a lot of coverage. That guy was an undercover FBI agent. Oh, okay. So if you're wondering why they're always comparing January 6th to 9-11, there's your answer. They're using the same tactics. And a lot of us missed this the first time around. And you are due an I'm apology. Sorry, is that a, and we're proffering it. You could also say, of course, that it's a, it was a big sting operation, right? <laughs> With all the Mohammed Atta and all that, the, the flight school down in Florida, the, 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 the route partying and throwing what uh, Korans around while they were drinking at that strip club, right? It was like, oh, they've used these... It's a setup, right? That's what it was. Uh, that's not what he's saying here, but he's kind of, I, I would assume it almost sounds like he's dropping some of, this, some of those seats, right? That the most, always, right, the most important events and biggest historical node points that we have to kind of navigate around, to, say, to, to, to determine where we should go the next, you know, in, in case of 9-11, the next few decades, maybe in the next century, right? The project for the new American century was put in place before 9-11. That was used as the, as the engine for that, right? When it comes to January 6th or Charlottesville, 
that end up ends up dominating for decades of like, well, we have to do this to stop these kinds of events. Most of them are therefore engineered, manufactured, or it may be even worse to a certain extent. Not worse, it isn't worse, it's, it's on the same level. But they're allowed to happen and instigated maybe even by people on the inside, feds I'm talking about now, uh, in order to make it what they want it to be so that they can use it for their purposes, right? Television right now. We didn't see the obvious. If you empower the government to violate civil liberties in pursuit of a foreign terror organization, and there are foreign terror organizations, it's just a matter of time before ambitious politicians use those same mechanisms to suppress political dissent. And that's what we're do. seeing now. They already we do. should have seen it earlier. Trevor Aronson wrote a book on this called The Terror Factory, and it analyzed every terror prosecution from 2001 to 2013. Aronson found that at least 50 defendants were on trial because of behavior that the FBI had not only encouraged but enabled. FBI agents were essentially the plotters in these crimes. They made the crimes crimes. In 2012, a writer for Should the Nation called Petra Bartosiewicz found that FBI agents had, quote, crossed the line from merely observing potential criminal behavior, which, by the way, is allowed and good, to, and we're quoting, encouraging people and assisting people to participate in plots that are largely scripted by the FBI itself, end quote. And we checked, we looked yeah, carefully, right. and that's not an exaggeration. Wish it were. One of those plots was an Islamic terror attack in 2015 in Garland, Texas. It turns out that an FBI employee played an active role in that shooting. Man. So they're doing- And at the time, remember too, this is an edit there, but at that time, or at least a few years after, there were there were soul searching, so to speak, by uh, by the maybe not the powers that be, but their henchmen, their little uh, the managerial class in the, in the level below, the journalists. Right? Remember, they wrote piece after piece. Should we really do this? And oh, poor Muslims and stuff. And I agree, it shouldn't be done. Of course, I'm not trying to say that. But when it comes to white people roping them up in the very same way. And I'm glad Tucker covered this guy, the F Figliucci guy, right? We've, we have a, talked about him quite a bit on the show, uh, where he openly sits and admits that, yes, we should rope up white people into this. We should, we should basically lead them front to the, the, the button that has the bomb tied to it, and then we'll order them to, to push the button, and then we stop them last minute. Look, we thwarted a terrorist attack. Like, without your help, Without your resources, without your knowledge, without all the things, none of this would have even been a case, right? It wouldn't even ha happen, right? Uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll get more to Fugliucci and, and Tucker brings him up too, which is good. that to Islamic radicals. What are they doing to American citizens? That White people, Tucker. should really worry you. In a moment of uncharacteristic honesty, a former FBI assistant director called Frank Figaluzzi explained the other day on MSNBC. Fugliucci. We play the clip too, that clip. We have an older one as well. The goal is to round up people who dissent against the regime and throw them into solitary, and that's including members of Congress. Watch this. What have we learned from our experience with international terrorism? In order to address that problem, arresting low-level operatives is merely a speed bump, not a roadblock. In order to really tackle terrorism, and this time domestically, you've got to attack and dismantle the, the, the command and control element of a terrorist group. That may mean people sitting in Congress right now. <laughs> Round up sitting members, yeah. duly democratically He's elected members of Congress because they... He should, be, he should be removed and it should be, uh, you know, the case for like incitement, right? But uh, no, he's fine. He's protected. He's in the media. Oppose the regime? 
Even Vladimir Putin's not doing that. And there's a former assistant director of the FBI calling for it on television and no one noticed. Instead of rounding people up, how about rounding up the FBI operatives that rioted on January 6th? Why not identify the guy who shot Ashley Babbitt to death? Yep. This is crazy and we should resist it. Yeah. Darren Beatty heads up Revolver News. Darren Beatty, that's right. He does an interview with him later on too, but check out this clip here, right? A little interlude we played over the last year, I think it is, with Fugliucci. Um, this is totally fine, according to the media, sitting and talking like this. And it's not only that they're talking about it should be done, we have now proof that it is and has and continues to be done. Look at this. You know, when, you, when, you, when you're looking at ISIS or you're looking at radical Islam, Islamic terrorism, I covered a number of stories where the FBI would track young kids and or, or young men and they would talk to them online and say, you know, here's how you build a bomb or here's where you get your bomb making materials. And they tracked that person as that person radicalized and then arrested them before they could do anything bad. Why is the same not being done for for white extremists? Or, or is the same being done? We just don't know about it. No, it's time It's time to seriously ask that question and to wrestle with it because politics does enter in. And as you said, as soon as you mention even the need for a domestic terrorism statute, right, that addresses this, you'll hear people start screaming, this is the thought police, you're trying to suppress thought. My answer to that is, we don't, this is not about thought, this is about verbalizing an intention to commit violence. <laughs> That's what we're talking yeah. about. And when you have that going on in droves online, it's time to hit it head on and do it in partnership between law enforcement and providers. And if we don't get out in front of it, it'll just keep happening because the president represents a bully pulpit where there's fresh daily content of radicalization. The same goes for a state-subsidized news network that refuses to denounce this kind of thing. Okay. Radical Islamists would, would give their right arm to have that kind of fresh daily content there we go here's a definition to for right here of how they what is what is it what does it mean to be a white supremacist or white nationalist and they use these terms interchangeable right uh, to be a white nationalist is to be pro-white that's right so you have to you have to you have to agree with the erasure of your people as a white person or you will be seen as someone who is pro-white, therefore a terrorist. That's where this is. That's where this is leading, right? That's what they're doing right here. And they've used things like the Capitol arrests, uh, the Capitol protests, and the uh, the goofball uh, riot, the sting operation. I guess we should call it now. The gay op, of course, people have said many many times, which is I guess the most accurate one. The the gay op on January six at the Capitol, right? Uh, so a couple of uh, chats over on entropy here. I'm gonna do these real quick here. Let me see here. <clears throat> Jimmy Fallon, we did that one. Uh, Amari Arian says, Hail our folk, redicememembers.com. Thank you, Amari Arian. I appreciate that. Very kind of you. Uh, check out redicememembers.com. Thank you for the plug. Michael says, just tagged you on a Gab picture left, remembering our war dead one day. Right side celebrating fruitcakes, trannies, and pedos one month. Thank to the, thanks to the small hats for this serious inversion of values. Oh, I see. Like a... Uh, uh, yeah, you, you get you get one day to remember the people then that uh, that died in war for the country, right? And then you have a whole you have a whole um, whole month, uh, non heterosexual history month, right? All of June, but that's officially canceled, though, Michael. Anyway, thank you. I'll, I'll check out that uh, Gab uh, picture a bit later. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Particles uh, says uh, haven't caught a live show in a while. Tucker was never the same since his writer got fired. 
really like the calendar idea. Yeah, his fire, uh, his, his fired uh, writer, which which we frankly, which we don't know. I mean, he could have just continued to work for him at, in any capacity, frankly. Uh, right, he's the guy who had the Carl uh, uh, Carl. Uh, Colin Tolf, that was it, the Swedish king, right, as the pseudonym on some of the forums that he'd been writing on or something. Uh, I forget his name now, but uh, yeah, he's, uh, I, I think, I think he's done some good stuff, though, Tucker. He's, he's continued to, you know, to expand his coverage and stuff like that, and I, I still think he does a pretty good job over, I mean, obviously net positive, for sure. Uh, yeah, the calendar idea, we'll, we'll see if we can uh, get it, get that going here. Uh, basically a calendar with important dates, whether they be celebrations, commemora commemorations, or things we should uh, remember or celebrate or something like that. Uh, you can submit your, your uh, proposals uh, to us, redeyes at, at protomail.com, and we'll see if we can pull that together. Uh, thank you, Particles RoboThink says, uh, <laughs> double fisting that big dick energy. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, Jimmy Fallis uh, says, man, I hate Car Katie Turr. Yeah, is that her in the, the previous clip here? Uh, and she slept with Keith Olbermann to get her job. Really now? Wasn't that one of the first uh, interviews that Trump did with Katie Turr, which was more, one of the more hilarious ones, right? He just railroaded, right? Good old Trump, right? He railroaded her completely and she ended up suing him or something like that. And I think he had to like settle with, with NBC or MSNBC. I, I think it was NBC at that time, right? Uh, thank you, Jimmy. Imminent Rain says, Promethean Hells, so hard from North Idaho. Long live the spirit of the West. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, always good to hear from a fellow North Idahoan. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, very kind of you. Let's, uh, so the article here in question, of course, is, is pretty good, too. We don't have to go through it in more detail, but it's, it helps to document this a little bit more of basically... Uh, who let the Capitol protesters into the into the building on January 6th. We've shown, of course, some of the videos. Let me see if they have any of them linked up here. Um, we've played some of them over over the months uh, as more and more has come out, showing you know people standing on the inside, talking with the police. In some cases, the police open the barricades. They open up the, the gates, etc., right? Uh, but it was one of the uh, D.C. District Court judges uh, that were fighting the uh, one of the defend defendants' uh, claims on this, right? Listen, during a pre-trial detention hearing on Friday, Joe Biden's Justice Department continues to demand jail time for nonviolent offenders before the trials even begin. The D.C. District Court judge made a made the that false claim. No one was let in. The Obama appointee told the lawyer representing Jason Dolan, an alleged oath keeper uh, and former U.S. Marine with no criminal record. Meta, I guess is her name, Amit Meta, um, denied the cap, uh, government's motioning for detention, but admitted it was a close call. Meta, of course, is flatly wrong. Videos taken by people at the Capitol not only shown uh, some U.S. Capitol police officers ushering uh, protesters towards the building and allowing them to enter, but as American Register exclusively reported last month, U.S. CP officers also cautioned several protesters how they should behave, right? Let's see what they, uh, what are they linked to here? Let me check what they link to. Uh, here's one, right? I guess. Let's go back here. Let's go back. Yeah, the doors open up. It's a setup, folks. They're gonna lock us in. 
Yep, see, look at that. Look at that. Uh, well, welcome to walk. <clears throat> you're welcome to walk into our trap. <laughs> it's it's unbelievable, right? And that's why I call it the goofball riot too, because like, <clears throat> and I know it's very hard when, you, when you're when you're probably right when you're there. You're you're fired up. You're fucking angry. Like they they stole the fucking election just right in front of our noses, right? I mean, this it's it's obvious, right? Otherwise, they wouldn't be so be so scared to cover everything up and deny everything and. You know, incarcerate people or tell differently or silence them or kick them off or whatever, right? And it's like for months, it's the only thing you've heard. MSNBC, CNN, it's the big lie, the big lie that there was something wrong with the election, right? That's all you've seen, right? And when you're there, you're angry, you're upset, all that stuff, right? And then you have a couple of ringleaders that, you know, drive up this energy, right? Let's fucking do this. Let's get in there, you know? It's 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 very easy. I'm not saying it's un, uh, very hard. I mean, it's, uh, to resist that, right? Um, but they walked in. They walked into a trap, and they allowed themselves to be the, the pawns that they needed, right? Completely needed. Uh, let me see the other video they have there too. I don't think there's more. It's just more the, showing them walking in, right? Yeah, yeah, just walking right in. Uh, it was a selfie opportunity, right? Let me see this one. Oh, is that the same one? They linked to the same one. Okay, I thought it was two different ones here. Ushering. Uh, 81, is that the same one? Oh, that should be a different one, though. Is that the second one underneath? Sometimes when you click directly to a link, uh, it doesn't show you. Is it a second one? No, no, okay. All right, anyway, that's that's all, all it takes is one, as they say, right? All it takes is one. Uh, but they, they go on here and talk about this. Um, yeah, thousands of hours of video on scene, like Tucker and... Uh, and the other guy I talked about from Revolver News, right? So this is it's it's it was it was a gay op, right? And so one of the reasons why we're seeing all this right now is because the is because the system the system is afraid. The pushback, right, has been incredible, right? And it's going to continue to be incredible, right? The, the the way now that they're going after and we'll play Merrick Garland in a bit here and talk about how the, the, now they're they're formulating their strategy on how to um, how to tackle uh, so-called vi. Vi so-called white supremacist violence, right? And then you look closer at not only how they define that, but that it's not restrictive to violence, it's not to incitement. And then you drill down further and it's like, oh, wait a minute, you're, bas you're basically are singling out people that basically are exposing you, who, who are voicing opinions that you do not agree with. And that's what it's about, rounding up people that are pointing out that the, that the system is is falling apart the emperor has no clothes right it's it's afraid there's there's no there's no other way to look at this they, they are absolutely desperate because after everything that they have done after everything that they've been trying after after the silencing the humiliating uh the bullying the uh the 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 scaring of people Right. In, in terms of like, if you think differently and if you voice those opinions, has has not worked. He, they they cannot win. It, they're they're in too deep and they have too many contradictions. There's too many lies. This is a Gordian knot. It's un impossible, I should say, to to undo this, to unravel this in a way. And 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 then the more they cover up, right? The more they silence people. The the, the more they add to uh, you know. 
well, to use the analogy of the Clinton body count, I guess, right? The, the, the more they remove people out of the picture that are, are too inconvenient, the worse it gets as people point that up and, and continue to point that up. And then they have to lie about that. They have to cover that up. No, you can't talk about that. And they, and they just they just they dig their hole deeper and deeper, right? Deeper and deeper, and they continue to fail. And this is always what happens, right? They they will resort to more and more desperate and obviously, you know, um, dangerous therefore tactics as well. Which is I'm not saying you know long term. I, I think long term we're in a good position. But short term, because the the Spurgy the Spurgy system is so afraid, they will lash out. It will lash out even in a more desperate way, and then people continue to expose that, right? And then they have to take even greater measures. Let's incarcerate more people. Then, you know, it's not enough with silencing them. Kick them off of their bank accounts. You know, uh, make sure they're driven from their homes. Make sure they can't operate with any money. Shut down their power, right? Like they did in the, in, uh, in LA County, right? During the COVID stuff. If you if you didn't if you didn't agree, and if you had a party or something, they shut down your, your power, right? Shutting off your water. It, it, there's no end inside of what they won't do at this point, right? But the, but but every single time, it should be remind you need to be reminded about, about that. That every single time a system like that begins this process which it has now entered onto it 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 will inevitably always fail it always fail because they're building it on untruths and and synthetic reality right and they can't keep it up look at the the money and the uh, the, the time and the resources and the effort to try to keep the lid on continuously and yet it's yet it it goes it comes out right to, to the wider masses, maybe not, maybe not to the majority, but look at the just when it comes to the Trump thing, right? The setup and the, the stealing of the election and like the targeting of 70 plus million people in, in America right now. That's, that's, that's basically half of the country. Might even be more now because it's so obvious. Who, who knows, right? So they, it, it's, more, it's more people they have to silence, more people they have to cover up. Uh, whether it's journalists or, or activists or whatever, right, that are, uh, becomes an inconvenience for them. Um, and then they have to lie about that too, or what the reasonings was, and more people expose that, and it just keeps, it's just a snowball. It just keeps going, right? They're, they're, they're digging their hole ever deeper. And so it's, it's going to be impossible for them. But short term, it's highly dangerous because it's going to spurg out, and, it, and, and I repeat, like that meme, right? It's, it's afraid. Watch out. Short term, watch out. It's it's like a domino thing, right? It's it's like this. Uh, I, I never encourage like non non action, whatever you want to call it, right? But to a certain extent, just just exposing it, just using your words to to show and demonstrate, is in, is enough to continue the corrosive effort, if you will, on a, on a system which is built on on untruths, right? Lies. And that's enough, and it's like a domino. You you can step in and, and try to push a domino yourself, but the, the process have already begun, like over here, and the pieces are getting you know bigger and bigger, like that meme, right? Just you push over a small domino, and eventually you you have a a big you know five ton uh, uh, concrete block that's going to be tipping over because it's that process has already begun. Um, you can join in and you can tip it over if you want, or you can stand by, back and butter up the popcorn in, and really you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything rash or stupid or anything dumb or illegal, obviously nothing like that, never do that. 
but just like be part of pointing it out, showing that the emperor has no clothes, right? Take part in that. Uh, but even but even if you do or don't at this point, I think it, uh, the dominoes are, are they're falling, and we can hear we can hear the sound of that already happening, right? And all of this shit, all of this with the, with the, the for the capital protest, the targeting of white people that are basically don't want to be erased, all of it is because they're spurging out and they're terrified. They're they're absolutely terrified where this is leading because they cannot win and it they know that they cannot win. I think on some level, um, the silencing just just never ends, right? This is check out this here regarding the uh, uh, was it Matt Gates uh, that was asking uh, and and there's you know shady stuff with him or whatever, but generally this is this is good stuff. Zoom in here a little bit. Um, he was asking. Um, Ray, I guess, which is, you know, one of the big problems here, right? The FBI director, right? But he was talking to him uh, or sending him a letter, letter. Director Ray, as the events of January 6, 2021 come to be clear, uh, clearer, relief, many, uh, let, me, let me do it again. I have a thing in a way here. Uh, come to clearer relief, many questions remain unanswered. Interesting language there. On June 8, 2021, the Senator Homeland Security Committee and the Senate Rules Committee jointly produced a 95-page report finding problems ranging from federal intelligence agencies failing to warn of a potential for uh, a potential for violence to a lack of planning and preparation by U.S. Capitol Police and law enforcement leadership. I'm seeking your answers to clarify the following questions. In the year leading up to events on January 6th and during January 6th itself, to what extent were there three were the three paramilitary militia groups, the Oath Keepers, the Proud Boys, and the Three Percenters, infiltrated by agencies of the federal government, including the FBI, or informants or of said agencies? Two, exactly how many federal undercover agents or confidential informants were present at the Capitol or in the Capitol during the siege? At what roles and what roles did they play? Merely passive informants or active instigators? Three, of all the unindicted co-conspirators referenced in the charging documents of those indicted for the crimes of 1-6, how many worked as confidential informant or as an undercover operative for the federal government, FBI, Army, counterintelligence, etc.? I expect an answer from your office by August 1, 2021. Thank you. Matt Gates. All right, interesting. I, of course, they will just lie and they will continue to lie. And all we're seeing so far from so-called conservatives is just a bunch of words. I can't believe they're doing this. <laughs> and then that's it, right? Nothing ever ha happens. Um, I expect it, you know, I, I appreciate the attempt, but um, we will see if it goes anywhere. Uh, but we don't need it. They would never, they will never admit to their crimes. In some cases they do. And we have some stories about that from the past, of course, right? But on a kind of wider um, level, uh, probably not, right? Pro probably not. Watch a McCollum over on Entropy Stream says, Yolster is British, no surrender. There you go. Thank you, sir. Uh, Bill Hoover with a chat as well. Good to see you, Bill. He says, do you think that there were any people within the IC that actually care about the American people? Do you think it's possible that there are anyone fighting for us secretly on the inside? I don't know, it, it kind of, I mean, it goes into, it, it kind of becomes that, you know, the Q thing a little bit, I guess, to a certain extent, right? 
believe or trust a plan or stuff like that. I mean, it's always possible, but chances are probably not, right? It's it's very hard to tell. It's too early to tell. Um, hopefully that's the case, but 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 we can't the, regardless of what the case is, it's nothing you can kind of rely on, I guess. So I mean it could be a potential, you know, benefit if something goes wrong or whatever, or hold something back or or you know, basically being in the right position at the right time to do something or to try to prevent something from happening. But at the end of the day, um, you can't just you, you can't rely on that, right? You gotta just kind of hold back against that, right? But let's talk about the the Putin thing here a little bit, because that's interesting too. So this kind of this goes into the whole thing of what happened on January 6th and stuff like that, right? Because Putin brought it up. Biden and Putin was just meeting. Uh, Biden is now formulating with his attorney general, Eric Gar- uh, Merrick Garland, this plan of what do we do about these white supremacists bullshit, right? Um, and so while America is trying to point out like bullshit about like Navalny, which probably, frankly, is some kind of operative anyway, uh, it looks the guy looks like a psycho. I mean, it, I, I don't know. Maybe he's genuine. I I, I can't tell, right? But uh, he, he just looks kind of weird. But uh, like his eyes looks kind of you know. But um, and it's like, oh my God, you're he's not Putin is not allowing political dissent in his country. And then it's like uh, you're literally like America is literally jailing people, torturing them, right? We've seen some of these stories. They're being tortured in jail. There's like worse than Gitmo conditions for some of these um, alleged rioters, and they haven't even been charged some of them yet, right? So, of course, there was this lead up to this meeting, right? And they had this gay segment on, on NBC with this dumb, dumb, phony, idiot goofball on NBC talking about it. Well, Mr. President, are you a killer? Listen, listen to this. Sid. This is so, this is as dumb as it gets. Listen to this. President Biden reacted today to our exclusive interview with Vladimir Putin. What did he think of Putin laughing off his criticism that he was a killer? NBC's Keir Simmons also pressing the Russian leader over whether he targeted his top critic. Tonight, President Biden with his own response to President Putin, who in our exclusive interview laughed off the American president's suggestion that he was a killer. When President Biden was asked whether he believes you are a killer, he said, I do. Mr. President, are you a killer? (laughs) Look, over Uh, my tenure, I've gotten used to attacks from all kinds of angles. President Biden was asked about that response late today. (laughs) I'm laughing too. In our interview, we pressed the Russian leader on the accusation from critics that he tried to have his leading opponent, Alexei Navalny, killed. Navalny blames Russia for poisoning him and is now in a Russian jail. This is the first time the direct question... Does anybody... Who does he look like? I I can't place his face. I mean, it doesn't really matter, I guess. It's kind of a detail, but look at Navalny here. What's... Who does he look like? Any techers in chat? Tell me who you think it looks like. (laughs) And and it kind of has that, like, you know, kind of psycho look. Like, is it it Manchurian candidate by, like, NATO or something? Is 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 that what he is? Like undermine Russia, right? I mean, they, and they play their own game. I get that. Like, it's it's beneficial for Russia. Russia can be more honest about pointing out the dirty laundry of America, uh, versus to a certain extent. I mean, America could could do that right back at, at Russia, right? But the country in question would never self-examine themselves in this way. But that's why it's interesting to hear from Putin because he's like he can highlight this and bring this to to the forefront and and attention, right? I'm laughing too. 
In our interview, we pressed the Russian leader on the accusation. <laughs> Some people say Richard Spencer in chat. Is that, is that who you think he looks from like? From critics that he tried to have his leading <laughs> opponent, Alexei Navalny, I don't know. This, killed. It's some, something else. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's a little bit, maybe. I'm not sure, but the, something Navalny the blames Russia for poisoning him and is now in a Russian jail. This is the first time the direct question has been put to President Putin. Did you order Alexei Navalny's assassination? Of course not. We don't have this kind of habit of assassinating anybody. That's one. Number two is, I want to ask you, did you order the assassination of the woman who walked into the Congress and who was shot and killed by a policeman? Do you know that 450 individuals were arrested after entering the Congress and they didn't go there to steal a laptop? They came with political demands. That's right. 450 people. We're talking about the capital riots. In our interview, President Putin... Gee, isn't he... Isn't he is it clever boy that one? I, he's, oh, he's oh, you're talking about. Okay, I see what you're talking about. Order the assassination of the woman who walked into the Congress and who was shot and killed by a policeman. Do you know that 450 individuals were arrested after entering the Congress and they didn't go there to steal a laptop? They came with political demands. 450 people. We're talking about the capital riots. Ugh. In our interview, President Putin often changing the subject to his criticism of America. Isn't that persecution for political opinions? There you go again, Mr. President. What about America when I've asked you about Russia? Pre God, oh. But you can obviously make a point. You're trying to throw shade on one country and then you basically not even do the same. You do things that are even worse, right? So, so I mean, he, he's right, right? And so Putin, I mean, he's right to bring this up as a, as a major issue. Like you're going to complain of, of, on Navalny when like a whole segment of your society is being suppressed, right? Uh, held down, they're being censored, they're being de-unbanked, whatever you call it, de-banked, thrown off no, from, from the main, you know, services of society. No... Uh, no protection, no nothing. So Putin brought it up again uh, at a, what is this? I guess this was this during the G, no, this is Geneva, Geneva 2021. I forget where, where this, uh, what, what event specifically it was, but this is what he had to say about that. Let's uh, listen to this. Well, about who's going to be murdered or put to prison. So People entered with some political demands. The Congress. Speak, speaking about the capital riots here. 400 people are now persecuted under criminal persecution. So they face a prison term of up to 20 or 25 years. They are called domestic terrorists. And they are accused of a number of other crimes. 70 people were detained right away after those events. And 30 of them are still detained, apprehended, and no one knows why, for what reason, because no official authorities in the states informed us about any of that. And one of the participants, few people died there. One of the participants was shot by a policeman, by a police officer there, and she didn't threaten this police officer with a weapon. The same things happen in a lot of countries, things that we have here. And I would like to emphasize one more time, we sympathize with what is happening in the United States, but we do not want to see the same things happening here. All right, so at least he addresses, right? Yeah, someone said Cornell was at the G7. I don't think that was it. It said Geneva 2021 on the back, so maybe he, he went further after 
after uh, the G7 or something. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It's just a detail. Um, and, and I'm not bringing that up because I'm like, Putin is going to save us. You know, it's, it's not about that. It's about the fact that, again, he hold, they, they, you will get a more honest response from a, a world leader countering a, a, another another country or someone who's in a, effectively in a kind of cold war of sorts, right? You're going to get more truth from the opposite guy Many, many regards. Not, not always. I mean, in some cases, when it comes to America, I know that they make shit up and, and you know, about Russia and stuff like that too, right? Uh, but it's good to see that. And, and it brought it's brought attention to on the international stage. And it shows you how easy it is to see that from the outside. You don't even have to be too involved in like American politics. And you can just obviously seeing what, what they're doing, right? Uh, Black Philip over on Entropy says, Henrik, this whole Navalny thing is such a failed gay op. He's such a weak, controlled opposition, and even normies might not uh, care. The white pill is with this and uh, with Venezuela, the CIA is looking weak. Yeah, the, I mean, the reason for the, why the CIA is failing too, right? It's the whole the, the whole restructuring. It's just turning into a, a woke machine. I mean, don't get me wrong. They will still like assassinate world leaders and stuff. They will still, you know ultimately plant things that leads to the uh, dropping of bombs of, of some of the countries they don't like and stuff like that. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of by design, right, that they want, I think they also want this machine to fail. And that's one of the reasons why they're reforming it in this way. Uh, while they're posing as patriots and flag wavers and say, well, we have to you know, uphold uh, the democratic values of America, or whatever, or even export them abroad. But then if it crumbles and far, falls apart on the on the inside, they, they they don't care, right? It's a corrosive force. Uh, Jimmy Fallon says CIA recruitment advertisement are also failed game ops uh, of a different sort. That also makes uh, the makes the look weak. Yeah, exactly, Jimmy. My point exactly, right there. They they release those own kind of things, and you can military recruitment videos of uh, you know compare. We've done that compare comparison with the Russian recruitment military com- recruitment videos and stuff like that. And it's like, what? What's the message here? It's like you're, you're just coming to come and invade us. We're ready, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. And it's of course, it's a still a very powerful military machine there. But they're they're changing out the guards right now. They're removing what they're deeming to be white supremacists, and that's basically your your normie boomer tier like American patriot. Now that's that's the white supremacist now, right? They want those guys gone. They want a they want a, a an angry soy based tranny army. With like super high tech weaponry and, and shit like that, though. So you, you know, and they they'll they'll drop bombs on on, on countries that refuse to uh, to um, you know raise the, the gay flag, right? They they will do that. That so the, it's not that it's like any a uh, a light uh, what do you call it? Not a threat or not not a dangerous apparatus or whatever, right? But it is weakening, and internally, externally, it's it's showing that to other nations too, right? Um, anyway, so this is what happened too regarding the meeting then. And nothing, I mean, it wasn't the meeting between Putin and Biden and Biden had hyped this up. It's going to be this like, oh, I'm going to set him straight and all these kinds of bullshit, like nonsense thing. And then really nothing really happened, right? Nothing. Oh, well, we need more talk. We need to talk more, right? That's that's basically the outcome of this here. Uh, but someone asked him afterwards, and it's kind of funny, right? Because he snapped at this, at, at this reporter uh, when she asked him about why he's confident that he can like change Putin's behavior. It, it's actually kind of funny. Listen to this. Listen to this old senile man here. Listen to this. There we go. I am, I am not going to walk away on this. Why are you so confident he'll change his behavior, Mr. President? Yeah, I'm not confident. What the hell? What, what do you do all day? Listen to that. Change his behavior, Mr. President. 
his behavior, Mr. President. Yeah, I'm not confident. What the hell? What do you do all the time? So, when did I say I was confident? I said, said in the next six months. I said, what I said was, let's get it straight. I said, what will change their behavior is that the rest of the world reacts to them and it diminishes their standing in the world. I'm not confident of anything. I'm just stating the fact. But given his past behavior has not changed, and in that press conference after sitting down with you for several hours, he denied any involvement in cyber attacks, he downplayed human rights abuses, he even refused to say Alexei Navalny's name. So how does that account to a constructive meeting as President, President Putin? President? You don't understand that, you're in the wrong business. <laughs> If you don't understand that, you're in the wrong business, he, he tells her. Now, this is, <clears throat> this is funny because it's that classic kind of like spurring, like knowing that you're wrong or you didn't achieve anything. You had pumped us up big, you know, big, big man kind of thing ahead of time. And I'm sure Putin here wrought in on his bear, right? Bear chested, right? Like a berserker into that meeting. Um, and then he Biden failed. Nothing came out, right? So then he ends up attacking the journalist who amazingly for once actually asked a, a decent question and believe it or not she was from cnn now but they don't okay so there's more to that story here right because all of a sudden it turns out people start of course they start attacking the journalist what was her name caitlin uh, collins and these leftists on twitter were like oh my god i can't believe this she works for cnn sure but she came from the daily caller uh, she came from the Daily Caller, which is a Tucker Carlson creation, and therefore, of course, she should not be allowed to ask any questions, although she's joined literally like enemy ranks over on, on CNN, right? Aaron Rupar, who <clears throat> just have to tweet, and it trends, right, every time, uh, said it, it would have served Biden better to not lose his temper with Caitlin Collins. But the problem with her question is she put words in Biden's mouth that he didn't say. Biden never expressed confidence that Putin would change his behavior. He hyped this up and said, I'll, I'm not going to back down. I'm going to make sure that he knows what's going on, right? He's he been hyping this for, for a week now before, probably even more, right? So, uh, the, you know, specific words to the side, that's basically what, what he said, right? He'd said, like, we're going to get him to change. And, of course, nothing happened because he's an inept, in, you know, incompetent, senile old man, right? So that's what he does. He spur, spurgs out, right? Spurgs out. It's incredible, right? Uh, let me see here. Uh, Blast Elizo over on Entropy Stream says uh, the CIA was created by and for the Rothschilds and other bankers. Um, yeah, I know the, the backstory of the OSS is, is always interesting and people point to that and kind of thing. Obviously, it's a very different animal today, <laughs> the, the CIA, than what, what was OSS, you know, kind of way back then. Um, I guess, the, but the point is well taken, though, Blast Elizo, that these uh, have become mechanisms. Uh, for the global establishment, right? And that's the very thing that we're going to kind of talk about next too. There's like, if you just, if you just even like speak out against, uh, you know, globalize the globalization process, you're 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 an, you're an enemy. You're you're white supremacist, right? So let's talk about this here. Uh, U.S. lays out plan to confront white supremacist violence. And of course, you gotta always take that kind of with a with a with a grain of salt, right? Because of uh, of how they how they term this, and in many regards, it doesn't even have to be uh, violence. Uh, it can just be people who basically do not want to be replaced. So in this plan, uh, 
They talk about people who believe in conspiracies, for example, as a big problem. Uh, people who refuse to bow down. People who continue to perpetuate misinformation, for example. That's a big part of the problem too, right? Let's listen to Merrick Garland here a little bit. I think this is a clip. I had it separately too in the software in the program here, but let's see if this is the clip where he talks about this uh, bullshit about white supremacists and how what a big threat it is and the big problem and all that bullshit. Oh, let me see. That's muted. Let me turn that up a bit. All right, here we go. I'm pleased to announce that the administration is today releasing the first national strategy for countering domestic terrorism. It is the culmination of an effort undertaken at the president's direction by federal agencies all across the government. Our current effort comes on the heels of another large and heinous attack, this time the January 6th assault on our nation's capital. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, because, uh, <clears throat> you know, absolutely, they didn't like shoot Ashley Babb or anything like that. And there really hasn't been any violent attacks uh, on a specific demographics since that time either. Uh, we'll talk more about that later, but just a slew uptick of actually racially motivated violence against white people by non-white people, believe it or not. But that's not worth mentioning. Let's continue. The resolve and dedication with which the Justice Department has approached the investigation of the January 6th attack reflects the seriousness with which we take this assault on a mainstay of our democratic system, the peaceful transfer of power. Well, it did happen. Over dude. the 160 days since the attack, we have arrested over 480 individuals and brought hundreds of, hundreds of charges against those who attacked and law enforcement officers, obstructed justice, and used deadly and dangerous weapons to those ends. Oh, God. The number of open FBI domestic terrorism investigations this year has increased significantly. Oh, my God. They have open investigations? Well, that, that settles it, doesn't it? According to an unclassified summary of the March intelligence assessment, the two most lethal elements of the domestic violence extremist threat here we go. Here, he's coming for you, white boys. <clears throat> it's not, it's not going to be a white summer after all. It's going to be a white incarceration <laughs> month. Listen. Are racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists and militia violent extremists. Mm, yeah. In the FBI's view, the top domestic violent extremist threat comes from racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists, specifically those who advocate for the superiority of the white race. There we go. That, we and, that's, and that's of course, and that's how they frame it, right? That's there you go, right there. Well, who wouldn't who wouldn't agree with that? We can't have these white people running around thinking they're superior and like and, and murdering non-white people for no reason. We got to shut it down. And then you learn, you know, when you drill down into uh, definitions and try to understand a bit better. Well, what what do they exactly mean? What does this plan involve? And how do they, you know? And as I said, it's it's basically people who are protesting the overthrow of their countries. People who are opposing their ongoing erasure are these people that they're talking about. And it, then it shifted from violence to incitement. And then you look at incitement and you realize, wait a minute, what, what, this is just anybody who opposes things. Anybody that say something that could lead to someone getting upset over something is now in their view incitement, right? So you. You, if you talk about something that causes a, pe a, a person to feel certain emotions about whether it's a group you talk about, whether it's a concept, whether it's something that's happening against 
us as a group at pointing out, well, this is an injustice, and they and then they they therefore feel anger about that, resentment about that, or they want to do something about that. They want that to stop or whatever, right? That's incitement. That That's all it takes for these people. You sharing something on the internet that we don't agree with, basically, that that's what we're talking about. That when, when push comes to shove, when this is like defined and, and, and ironed out, and we can really see what this is about, is that there's too many people who just won't take the dildo up the butt. And, and these people need to submit. They need to submit to us and us alone. Our view, our version, our way. Only that. No difference, no dissent, no nothing, right? You need to submit to us or we will call you a violent and dangerous extremist terrorist, right? And on those grounds, they'll begin pu putting people in jail. They'll just, they'll begin incarcerating people because they, on their fucking pre-crime level, are believing that well we have to we have to save democracy with they're not they're anti-democratic we have to shut them down we have to silence their ability we have to work with tech companies and banks and maybe who knows water companies and electricity companies next we need to make sure that they have nowhere to live so they freeze to death outside and that way you know problem solved we have really don't have any blood on our hands let's make them homeless die starving in the in the uh you know in the in the uh on the side of the street let's keep listening here superiority of the white race we yeah because it's you know you know that those boomers who went to like the 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 capital uh, capital six the uh the, the so-called siege right you know they're just like white power man sure thing brother right you know that that was the that was the main that was the main thing that was at the forefront of the of the boomer who wanted to have uh uh, some justice when it comes to the uh, the election. Have it have a say, being heard, right? They choked out their every ability to listen to them, to work with them, and so they themselves created the scenario, right? They they create, and we know that they wanted that. So don't get me wrong. We know that you know we can't come along and say, well, maybe you know you created this and it's your fault. You know we we understand that that's not how it works. We know that this was a, a setup kind of thing, but that's what it should be. We should point that out. We should, we should call it for what it is. This, this, you caused these people to spurg out because you refused to listen to them, right? Having their voices heard, you know, doing an audit. Now it's happening in some states anyway, which is great, right? But anyway, let's let's continue here. This is, they are freaking out. They are terrified. They are getting insane because they're just, as I said before, they're not, this is not working. It's not working for them. It's not, they're not winning. It doesn't matter how much they try to push back. People is not going to take their fucking bullshit. And they're not going to take it just lying down and spread, spread your cheeks. That's what they want you to do, right? And so if you don't agree, if you don't submit, you're, a, you're the problem. Focused on violence, not on ideology. Yeah. In sure. America... Espousing a hateful ideology is not unlawful. We do not investigate individuals for their First Amendment, Amendment protected activities. Fucking liar. Liar. That, that's, that's all it's been. There's no protection for the First Amendment. I mean, if you want to go so far, and I'm not a big, you know, f flag waver for the U UN human rights. That was a method that's been actually used against let's say, European countries' ability to uh, to oppose um, 
their country's borders from being open, for example, right? That is like, it's a human right. You can flee to whatever country you want, kind of thing, right? But even the articles in there about like how that, that it's you have you have a right um see if we can find that here too you have a right uh to 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 free speech right uh un's article was it 19 or something i'll find it here in a little bit right but even that the these so-called democratic countries are are literally making sure here it is right um uh, they're literally making sure that you cannot voice your opinion anymore Right. UN Declaration of Human Rights. I've showed it a couple of times. Right. Article. Listen to this, though. And, and tell me they're not like all the censoring and silencing and unbanking, kicking people off of banks now even. Right. It's not anything with speech necessarily, but it's it's coming from the same area. Right. UN Declaration of Human Rights, Article 18. Everyone has the right to freedom of thought, conscience and religion. This rights includes freedom to change his religion or belief and freedom either alone or in community with others and in public or private. Yeah, tell that to the, what, the Ruby Ridge uh, incident, the Waco people, right? Tell that to, to, go tell that to the Waco people that were murdered by the government, right? Talk about a, the biggest terrorist on the, on, the, on the block, right? Article 19, everyone has the right to freedom of opinion and expression. This right includes freedom to hold opinions without interference and to seek, receive, and impart information and ideas through any media and regardless of frontiers, right? So talk different technologies, Silicon Valley, the, 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 the new public square, that's the digital public square, right? Being on all, everything that's happened is these people's bullshit and their lies about how they're, they're, they're silenced people that just speaks differently. And now they call it conspiracies. They call it misinformation. They say somehow it's dangerous. Well, it will lead to this. It's this pre-crime thing, right? It will lead to violence. And so therefore we have to, we have to shut it down. Our focus as members of the Department of Justice and as a federal government is to prevent, disrupt, and deter unlawful acts of violence whatever their motive. As the national strategy makes clear, there is no place for violence as a means of resolving political differences in our democracy. All right. Tell that to the uh, the 500,000 uh, dead Iraqi kids, right? You know, when, you, when you do that, when you go that way, <laughs> when you go that way, right? I mean, we know that the they're already incarcerating people that think uh, that think differently, that haven't committed any violence. And again, most cases, many of these are also set up. They're framed. That you have intelligence services that have agents and people on the insides and informants, and they do gay ops and they set people up in sting operations and frame people, which leads to a situation where they claim, where then all of a sudden they think like, well, you were you were intending to do violence. Uh, no, it was the uh, this guy. Sorry, it was this guy over here. He was he was he was going to do it right. No, uh, no, no justice, right? No, no, no protection, no investigation, no nothing, right? But, but just let's let's just let's do a little reminder about that, right? Um, how the U.S. government, in and of itself, is is the is one of the I shouldn't say the biggest killer, but like just just a, a little reminder, right? We play this clip a couple of times, but just try to put this in perspective, right? These are people now; they're going after people for having different views. And, 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 and as laid back, whatever you want to call it, as just opposing, not, not, not like actively promoting 
or arguing that white people are supreme, you know, supreme over other races or things like that, but just just opposing the replacement, right? And then they call it a conspiracy, and that it's not really happening, and that's why it's dangerous if you talk about it or whatever, right? But but listen, listen to this here. Listen, to this. this is mainstream news here, right? We have heard that a half a million children have died. I mean, that's more children than died when, when in, in Hiroshima, and and. You know, is the price worth it? I think this is a very hard choice, but the price, we think the price is worth it. There you go. So, no problem. You know, Madeleine Albright, 500, uh, 500 million, uh, sorry, 500,000, well, it might as well be 500 million. And that's just one theater alone. That's just a, the, the Iraqi theater, right? What about the other ones, right? Um, no problem, right? No, no problem whatsoever. Um, and they are there. They can kill people. They can bomb. They can literally go go abroad and murder five hundred thousand brown kids, and then they 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 kvetch about supposed white people that just are opposing the replacement back home. I mean, it's just it's on. It's you can't even. I can't even. I can't even. Where do you even begin with this? With this fucking this the deceit, the lies. The, the snake, the, the satanic method of, of, of inverting the truth in this way, right? It's, it's sickening, right? But remember, I mean, this is the worth, worth remembering here, right? Um, hate speech laws, right? All, all of this stuff, all of this stuff is, this is what we call it, it's commie bullshit, right? It's, it's communism, it's anti-white communism, right? The USSR, they invented hate speech laws, all of this bullshit. It's, it's like... That's where that's where it comes from. That's where the ideology comes from, and that's what we're living through right now again, right? Uh, the Russian Socialist Federation. This comes from I think this is from uh, Tula Tide as well, by the way. Uh, good channel on Telegram. He has a Twitter account too, but make sure you follow that Twitter. Uh, sorry, that Telegram channel. Uh, Tula Tide. Uh, the Russian Socialist Federation, Federated Soviet Republic, recognizing the equal rights of all citizens, irrespective of their racial or national connections proclaims all privileges on this ground as well as oppression of national minorities to be contrary to the fundamental laws of the republic remember this was a it was a workers paradise where you couldn't even have a, a union right a workers union and somehow it ends up murdering like we don't even know at this point maybe maybe as much as 60 million people altogether right but this is a, this is a multiracial paradise <laughs> Equal rights of citizens of the USSR, irrespective of their na nationality or race, in all spheres of economic, state, cultural, social, social, and political life, is an indefe indefeasible law. Any advocacy of racial or national exclusiveness or hatred and contempt is punishable by law. Because it was such a paradise over there in the USSR. In the USSR, anti-Semitism is punishable with the utmost severity of the law as a phenomenon deeply hostile to the Soviet system. Under USSR law, Active anti-Semites or anti-Semitism, sorry, no, active anti-Semitism, Semites are liable to the death penalty. Uh, that's right. Uh, that's good. Remember the, the, the good old uh, meme on this one? Racist, a made-up word by Leon Trotsky in 1927. The word was used to browbeat all dissenters of the communist ideology. So as good as uh, tr um, Solzhenitsyn said, right? We know they are lying, they know they are lying, and they know we know that they are lying. We know they know 
we know they are lying, but they are still lying. <laughs> that's, that's, where, that's where we are right now, right? It's just they, they just keep doing it, and they, they don't even care. It's incredible. Oh, I have that story, too. Look, look at this Guardian piece here, by the way. Look at this. Uh, racial harmony in a Marxist utopia. We just, we just ended up murdering millions of people, but, you know, it's a, it, was a, it was a racial utopia. How the Soviet Union capitalized on U.S. discrimination. That's right. U.S. is the bad guy. They're the problem. Uh, but here in Commieville, we're all, uh, we're all getting along, right? It's, it's incredible. You look at some of these old propaganda posters and stuff like that. Some, some of you, I know, haven't, haven't seen that stuff, right? Um, and it was this, you know, again, it was like an anti, well, anti-colonialist kind of thing, right? Let's, let's destroy all the colonies of the, of the Western world. All the things, though, that the colonized worlds got and benefited from, from these colonies, right? Oh, it was just, it was just racial suppression for no reason whatsoever. It was just these maniac Europeans that went out on a killing spree across the globe because they just, they were, they thought they were superior, right? That, that's the that's the only reason but you know if you join our communist uh, bullshit uh, you'll be a race uh, a, a multiracial utopia right here's some of the posters they had here uh, incredible stuff there's one look at this one here this is funny uh, I'll never forget a friend if I befriended him in Moscow claims a poster from 1964 <laughs> there you go holding hands see just just, just accept, accept global communism, and it'll be a racial utopia, folks. There you go. We got it. All right. Anyway, didn't mean to get stuck on that note, but uh, all right. Let me check entropy real quick. Quick here. Uh, let me see here. Bill Hoover. We did no, no, no. We did that one. Um, Jimmy Fallis. I'm glad that little little fucker isn't on the Supreme Court. Is that what uh, you're talking about? Um, Garland or something? I'm not sure which. Uh, maybe maybe you're talking about Merrick Garland. Maybe anyway. Uh, yeah, was he? Did he? Was he ever nominated? Maybe he was nominated for the Supreme Court or something like that. Anyway, um, best thing McConnell ever did. Oh, did he take him? Did he take him off? Is that what happened? Interesting. I, I, because I thought I rec- I mean, before he kind of became the AG, I remember. Uh, I remember seeing his face. He must have been re- removed from there. Then I, I, I'll look into the details. But thank you, Jimmy, for the reminder on that. I'm a little fussy on the details about that. Billy Hoover. Uh, says they literally promoted BLM to burn down every city in the USA. Yes, I mean, exactly. I mean, good, good, good that you're reminding me of the, the obviousness of this here too, right? That there's like, they've hung flags of the organization that literally hates America, have stated that they want to burn it to the ground, have burnt cities to the ground, have murdered people, have racially targeted white people on the streets, some cases beaten them to death. The flags of that organization is is hanging on on embassies around the U.S. right now, right? It's very, it's very obvious where this is going, right? Um, and what they want. Thank you, Bill, for the reminder. Pyrrhus, triple seven. Good to see you, Pyrrhus. Uh, Garland was the lead Justice Department investigator into Oklahoma City. Interesting. Six twenty three on this Corbett Report episode. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Interesting. Garland was the lead Justice Department investigator into Oklahoma City, the bombings. Okay, well, n- not. Surprised at all, uh, Pyrrhus also sends a uh, a Amazon link, a book link, the Medusa file, the politics of terror and the Oklahoma City bombing by oh Craig, is that Paul Craig Roberts? It's got to be right. Interesting. Is that a recent? Maybe this is a while ago. Is there a date on that? Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm you don't see this on screen here, but I'm looking at the the book cover there. That must be called Paul Craig Roberts. Then yeah, the Medusa 
file, and that's the second ed largest or the second ed uh, edition uh, of that too. Thank you for the link, Pierce. I, I didn't know about that actually. Uh, I'd like to have Paul Craig Roberts back, by the way. He's uh, he's changed his tunes on on, on quite a, quite a few things. Interesting. Um, thank you, Pierce. Trip, uh, appreciate that. Virginia Drifters say, by equating backyard boomers to members of the KKK, they are overplaying their hand badly. At what point are they going to announce an open declaration against all white Americans? I, in a way, I'm kind of seeing, that's kind of what I'm seeing with this, uh, in a way, this, this, this outline, right? And we'll go through in more detail the White House uh, actual post on this. Um, and we'll pull out a couple of more, you know, specific details. But some of the the tidbits from there is basically like, you know, they're they're linking, you know, the COVID, you know, anti or um, skepticism about COVID nineteen or lockdowns with this. Now they're equating just misinformation, just just not just sharing the wrong opinions online. That's part of the roped up into this too. That's leading to all of this, and the, they think if we could just if we had. If we had just been able to shut up the opposition and those who pointed out all the deception and all the lies along the way, we would have been, it would have been just pure harmony all over the world right now. That's, that's kind of what they're pretending that this would be, right? But yeah, I mean, they, exactly. They're just the, the normal white, you know, MLK loving boomer is, is, now, is now this, right? That, that's what's so ironic about this. Thank you, Virginia Drifter. Appreciate that. Hatchet, JYT. White survival is the highest moral uh, ground. The real Holocaust are the untold millions of future white generations robbed of their life through in, uh, infanticide. Yeah, I mean, you can, yeah, you can talk about the uh, the the abortion issue and stuff like that. I mean, it it truly is demonic what they're what they're doing. I mean, there's there's no doubt about that. And the plants, the seeds that they planted here to lead us to this point and get us to this point, right? All the old TV shows and you know promoting, you know, abortion and even the uh, Roe versus Wade, right? It was like it came out, it was it was built on a bullshit case, right? She lied, the girl. Uh, she was never raped or something like that. She, all, that all that bullshit. It's just nonsense, right? But yeah, you have, you have uh, writers like Norman Lear, right? Uh, Jewish writers like Norman Lear laying the gr groundwork in some of these uh, old TV shows, right? Um, you know, Archie Bunker, what was it called? All in the Family and mod and you know some of these tv shows and that was that was everything that america was watching at that time as well to get to to accept this to you know they had uh, talked about how all the reviewers out there talk about how wonderful this was right they, these tv shows you have to tune in it's a really important episode um thank you hatchet blast Elizo says they're terrified because they know everyone is re getting really sick and tired of their shit the shilling of anti-Semitism laws is them being proactive in preventing another six gazillion perishing in a hollow hoax. Thank you, Blas Delizo. Yeah, I mean, I think they're 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 finding anything that seemably they think that like the majority of people will kind of go along with and say, well, this of course this has to be stopped and. You can't share the wrong opinions about this or or something like that. But but I think that they're overstepping it, right? And and they're terrified. And my point is, the more that they spurg out, essentially, to try to control the situation, the more obvious it will be what they're involved in and what they're doing and how unjust it is and how insane it is. And so short term, this might be a fucking terrifying and a, and a hell for people who are just normal 
white people who just don't want to see all this this garbage happening and those who are just speaking up against it. They're not doing anything really. They're not being violent. They're just exposing it. They're just saying, look at this. Look at this bullshit right here. This is insane. They shouldn't be doing this, right? And th- and that's enough now. That's enough. Well, but we'll go through that White House plan a bit more. I think we'll bring it up Friday in the in the Flashback Friday show. We'll pull out a couple of nuggets from the 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 article that the White House released about this, uh, just to show you and demonstrate to you just how you know kind of how insane uh, this is too. But but there's more on this issue too, on on just what the government is is doing and how bad they are against people, right? Look at look at this article here. Now we've talked about this. There's various um, issues that are kind of converging right now when it comes to um, problems looming, essentially, right? Uh, the hacking issue, the meat production issue, the supply chain issue, the drought issue, which is part of this story here, which could lead us to a situation where it, it will be basically a nightmare scenario, right? It's like, a, I'm not saying all of it is intentional, but sometimes it feels like at least some of it is, at least in part, right? Like they want a, another like Holodomor type situation, right? Um, U.S. farmers, ready, and, and again, think of the framing here now. If if you want the water turned back on that the government has decided to, to to turn off because you're going to starve to death and you're not going to be able to feed your family and there's going to be no food produced, they will call you a right-wing militia member and therefore a terrorist and a white supremacist and therefore seeking the legitima- legitimization of, of, of removing you, of banning you from life, so to speak, right? U.S. farmers ready for standoff with feds in drought irrigation crisis. Expect right-wing militia help. This is from one of the roughly uh, screenshots from the video they had about when they're protesting here, right? No water, no food, no life. Open the gates. Outraged farmers threaten to disrupt a federal order to stop the flow of irrigation. Again, like the biggest issue we have to deal with right now are, are people that went in to go take a selfie opportunity in the Capitol on January 6th or the supposed white supremacists. That's the biggest issue that they have to deal with right now. I don't see any committees or hearings on this. Like, oh, we're running out of water. That's right. And supply chain is is fucked up and inflation is coming and we're all going to die, basically. Right. Just deflect. Just look at these bad people over here. Outraged farmers threatened to disrupt a federal order to stop the flow of irrigation water from a lake amid a severe drought in the in the U.S. state of Oregon. They warned that right-wing militias will back them in case of confrontation. Farmers are protesting because they own the water in the upper Klamath Lake. Farmer Dan Nielsen told RT's Rupley Video Agency he stood outside an American flag-colored tent that was set up next to the canal uh, headgates, which controlled the flow of irrigation water from the lake. It's ours, and the federal government actually just stole it. No due process of law, no compensation, Nielsen said adding that the federal officials had violated the locals' property rights guaranteed by the U.S. Constitution. There you go. They don't fucking care. They just do it. They violate all the laws, and then they and they blame you for it. Protesters brought signs saying, water for farms and open the gates. No water, no food, no, no life. No food, no life. They spoke about releasing the water themselves if the government does not back down. If they don't budge, I think we're just going to end up taking it, Nielsen said. It's the only way the government gets it. In order to avoid confrontation, officials must let farmers use the water for their crops or purchased uh, or purchase the land from the farmers, he said. The U.S. Bureau of Reclamation closed the canals last month, saying that due to the extreme drought, there was not enough water left for it to operate properly. 
The Bureau also said that releasing the water will threaten the endangerment species of salmon that inhabit the lake. Well, there we go. What about what about the salmon we've planted in there? Fuck the humans. What about the salmon? Because we to, we totally can't re put sa replant salmon in there again. The fish have ag agriculture and spiritual significance to the Native American tribes who live upstream. Well, there you go. That settles it. I, di I didn't realize I'd get the answer in the following sentence, but there you go. Um, one life is more important to another, I guess, here. I can't be more obvious than that. According to local media, thousands of farmers of the Oregon-California border were left without steady water supply after the closure of the canal. Klamath Irrigation District President Ty Cleaver said that the, quote, the impact to our family farms and these rural communities will be off the scale. An outraged Nielsen and another farmer, Grant Knoll, purchased a vacant lot near the federal waterway where they set up tent.watercrisisinfocenter. Protesters told Jefferson Public Radio that they are teaming up with People's Rights, a group founded by well-known conservative militia leader Ammon Bundy. They showed JPR a text conversation with Bundy and said that militiamen will get a heads up when the farmer make their move. I'm planning on getting DC's attention, Knoll told JPR this month. We're going to turn on the water and have a standoff. The Bundy family first became famous. We know about the Bundy family, of course, right? Um, ben Duval, Ben Duval, a former, a farm owner and president of the Klamath Water Users Association, told Rupley that the situation on the ground has been getting tense because the lack of water hurts not only farmers but also businesses in the city of Klamath Falls. Farmers like myself are looking at basically zero irrigation water this year. Duval said the protesters were doing a great job of bringing some enthusiasm and some awareness to this issue. At the same time, he stressed that the protest must remain peaceful. I don't want anything to happen at the head, uh, head gates that is going to reflect poorly on our community. KWUA previously released a statement condemning the decision to stop releasing the water from Upper Klamath Lake while Duval calling it a failed experiment that has produced no benefit for the fish. All right, crazy shit. Is this, how long is this? Let's look at this here. Let's get some footage from it. All the way up to Alaska, some footage here from the, uh, the tent we mentioned before. I think they have some interviews in here too, uh, but I haven't seen it, so let's check it out. trying to educate the public and educate some farmers. Some of these farmers don't know they own the water in the lake, but this water in the lake from 4136 to 4143.3 is stored water and it belongs, it's deeded to the land and it's been adjudicated since uh, 2013. So since 2013, uh, waters, we, we, we own it. So it's, uh, enforceable we own it and we it's ours and the federal government actually just stole it they uh no due process of law no, no asset forfeiture no they nothing. just take they it just, from you they uh, violated the fourth and the fifth amendment so that's why we're here to stand up for our private properties but uh but those white supremacists though huh yeah big, we bought big it issues so we could do this <clears throat> we knew last summer we were going to have a fight this year so we thought we'd get ahead of them on it but it took us a year to buy it but we got it bought I think we actually purchased it on April 13th, so it took us a year to get it, but we got it. And then, yeah, I mean, we, we knew there was going to be a battle. We didn't think it was going to be like this, but it's uh, we're here to stay. If 
they, if they don't budge and people don't start trying to work with us, you know, I think we're just going to end up taking it. It's the only way. The only way the government gets it, you got to you got to stand up to them, or you're going to lose it. So that's our that's our last option. I mean, we got there's three options. I mean, the bureau could either set the water loose and let us have it, or they could they could pay for it. And the ESA Endangered Species Act, the law, the Section Five says that they have the authority to purchase land or water if they want to use it for public use. So they can purchase it. Or we could go to court if they, they, they don't want to go to court, but if they go to court and let a judge decide instead of the lawyers fighting back and forth, the judge could get a declaratory judgment, decide who, who actually owns the water. Or our fourth option is just take it. And take it and use it or we're going to lose it. Hmm. All right, it continues there. Some of the quotes we read, of course. But, yeah, <clears throat> I mean, there's some crazy shit happening right now, right? There's this... These Holodomor type conditions, right? And then the system is just spurging out about like all this largely irrelevant things at this point. And that's what they do, right? If it's a non-issue, they will turn it into an issue or they will create that issue and say it's the biggest thing that's, that's ever happened. And, and that's what we need to focus on. If it actually is a problem and a real danger and real issue, um, you hardly see coverage of it, right? Like the water crisis, like the U.S. supply chain shutdown like the inflation issue, like the out-of-control wood prices, right? You, you see some coverage here and there, but not like this incessant, like over and over again type of coverage that you see about like January 6th on MSNBC and CNN and all that stuff, right? A absolutely insane. Uh, thank you over to, uh, over on Trovo there for a couple of you guys sending some uh, some Leon Limes. Uh, Fagulator, thank you. Zvibol with uh, two of those. Leon Limes, thank you. 10 uh, on fire spells from Zip, uh, Zeppelinzer. Thank you for uh, that. And I do apologize if I missed any chats over there, Fagulator, with a dancing chicken or a winner. Thank you. Let me scroll back up and see. Try to keep an eye on it. Sometimes it's hard uh, to see that with that eye. I appreciate it. Let's check Entropy Stream. We do have some more stories. I want to tie this together with some of the other insane stuff that's going on with actually singling out and targeting white people right now, too. Flying Dutchman says... We've got to hang together or they'll hang us all separately. That's that's right. Got to form community. Got to do it where you are. That's why we invited people here. Come here to northern Idaho. Um, get get here if you can. And there's other areas where it's not so crazy expensive, like some parts, like uh, Court Lane and stuff like that. There's other areas around. Get to areas where you know a lot of good people and uh, get out of the cities. Get out of the cities because it's gonna it's gonna get bad. No one knows when this this is gonna pop and 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 when things are really gonna hit the fan. Uh, but I mean that's that's going to happen sooner rather than later, I think. And uh, also at the same time, you know, as this system is is spurging out and it becomes about you know enforcement of like we we have to have access to your kids and uh, and and give them you know um, hormone blockers and, and you know wave dildos in their faces. You, like that's you know the primary issue that they're like dealing with and then everything's just collapsing on the back end like infrastructure is falling apart there's like bridges that needs repairing and like you know <laughs> it's like everyone sees what's going to happen here it's just it's not going to work right thank you flying dashman appreciate that bill hoover in california the drought is completely man-made they refuse to build any new re reservoirs to accommodate the increasing population from all the illegals that let in yeah and even legals too there's like a million legal into this country like resources are running low there's no backups of everything supply chain shut down and they're importing like a major city every year legally 
into the United States. And this is the, the same in many European countries, out of control, open borders is helping to create the situation, right? Plus, Bill Hoover says, uh, all the areas that rely on water are Republican areas. They want to bleed those people out. Well, there you go. Exactly. Much, much of this is not at all coincidental. I totally agree. And even, I mean, it's a much more kind of unorthodox method. And some people say, well, that's kooky conspiracy theories. But we've literally seen when the NASA had their uh, rocket engine testing sites in Alabama, um, a side effect of, of testing the rockets was that they produced uh, rain clouds. For example, uh, what is it? Hydrogen and nitrogen, I think it was. They combined, right, for the rocket fuel. I believe so. I could be wrong. Maybe Chad has the, the, the exact. I'm not, I'm not a, uh, <laughs> I'm not, uh, what was his name from the Jet Propulsion Laboratory? I'm not, uh, what's the, go, the good old occultist name again? Oh, shit, I forgot. God, my brain lately. My, I got COVID brain. Got that organ attack that uh, the spike po- protein is doing. Um, the rocket fuel guy. He was like hanging out with the, um, uh, he was like inspired by Alistair Crowley. He was hanging out with the Scientology guy, Jack Parsons. Thank you, Fagulator. That's right. I'm not a Jack Parsons here. That's right. Uh, very fascinating story, by the way, the background to that. Um, but I believe that if they wanted to do something about this, they could by actually making clouds, <laughs> right? Uh, but they won't. They refuse to do it, right? So there is that one video uh, of this English presenter talking about you know, this technology and stuff like that. And they they show how they just managed to get it rain. There's probably other ways too, frankly. Maybe even like particles in the upper atmosphere or something. Not I'm not talking like chemtrail stuff. I'm just saying like, you know, or metals or something like that. But what dust particles is what binds humidity, right? And then you, it rains, right? Or, or ozone carries um, particles up after they, you know, cleans, right? Oxygen cleans and then it uh, ascends. Water forms around it and it falls down again as a raindrop, right? There, there's many other methods. The point is, Bill, if they wanted to do something, they could, but they refuse to do it because they, the problem is the, the problem is their solution. The, all the problems is their solution, right? That's, that's what we're looking at. Yeah, Jeremy Clark, Clarkson, that's right, Carve Cucky. Uh, he's the guy who's, we play the clip a few times. It's fascinating, right? Uh, but yeah, they totally have that kind of shit. It's crazy. And they refuse to do anything about it. Um, so meanwhile, of course, meanwhile, while we have Merrick Garland targeting so-called white supremacists, and they're the your, your problem for everything. I don't think we've had a so-called white supremacist shooting in a very, very long time. And even then, when you look closer into the details and drill down, it's questionable. And in some cases, even other races, non-white people have been attributed as being white supremacists, or like that weirdo... Uh, Trump uh, bomber who sent those pipe bombs to journalists. Remember that? CNN, he drove around with this white van. He was obviously a Hispanic guy, right? That was a white supremacist now, you know? And again, nothing ever happened. It was just, you know, a paper tiger, but still. Um, here's a story from uh, a local uh, Georgia outlet, for Columbus, Georgia. I've had to have him. Police say man who shot five in Georgia and Alabama over a weekend was racially motivated. And it's like, okay, well, what? How was he? How was Justin Roberts racially motivated? Lockhart, which was one of the investigators, said during an interview that Roberts, who was the shooter, shared he had a hatred for white men. Imagine if, imagine if this was white people shooting shooting non-whites like this, right? Do you think they would have used that as in their case against why white people are bad and the worst thing ever? They still have to go back to like the Tulsa riots. You know, to, to prove <laughs> it's like a bad white people are uh, micro. My, they have, yeah, but what about the microaggressions, right? 
and then you have maniacs like this. The Ottawa Public Health uh, Services, whatever they call it, uh, they're going after white people who are skeptical of COVID and they're trying to link it to so-called white supremacy. They have this whole thread where they're going off and look at their rainbow colored logos. You know what you're going to get here, right? Look at this. So they had a whole thread about, you know, you got to do this and you, get, you can't say China virus and oh my God and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you'll see the tentacles of white supremacy weaving their way through the COVID is a hoax slash this is just a flu crowd, they say here on Twitter. And yes, the Seymour reply section of this thread down below will in inevitably be full of them. Each one saying why their often racist remarks aren't racist. This, this, this is what they're spending time on. Can you imagine being treated as a white person by, by anybody at this department? <laughs> it's a small thing, yes, I reckon, but this is like just the, the, the daily, what do you call it? The daily uh, just grind, I guess, of, of just like out of control, anti-white insanity, right? And every day we, 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 we talk about this, we cover this, and we talk, you know, we show you just over and over again, the relentless pressure, right? Oh, how you can blame white people for everything, and yet we're being singled out as the, as the big problem, right? This is a big, you know, kind of projection, really, right? But look, look at this headline here from NBC News. Viral images show people of color as anti-Asian perpetrators. That misses the big picture. I think this is from a while ago, right? A new analysis reveals misconceptions about perpetrators, victims, and the general environment around anti-Asian hate incidents. These can have, quote, long-term consequences for racial solidarity. That's right. Going back to that, to that commie stuff that we uh, showed earlier, right? That, that's what they want. They want all the, all the commie uh, races joining up against white people. <laughs> that's, what, that's basically where we're at. If you want to have a you know, pin on a map uh, or a time scale, we're, 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 we're here. We're in Soviet in 1957. 1957. Uh, in this poster from 1957, we have a multicultural group exploring Moscow together. The different sites. One, uh, you know, united under the hammer and the sickle. Uh, no problem. All right. Here's another one real quick here. Uh, New York City's Spence School showed a video that, quote, tarred and feathered white women. It got so bad that even a uh, a the Hispanic as a Hispanic rich person pulled out their uh, kid from uh, this this elite school because of all the bullshit. Right? Look at the van though. This is kind of interesting. If you see the van there. So this is outside of Spence School, but the van there actually says "woke school, speak out." So it's one of those. You know, you can hire them. You can put on whatever message you want on them. Those are those are the vans that drove around during the uh, election and said, "You want ca Democrat cash? Vote Democrat, and you get you get." $200 in cash. Remember that? Trump won't give you anything, but that's no election interference. Sharing a meme, if you're Ricky Vaughn on Twitter, saying, LOL, uh, call this number if you want to vote for Hillary. That's that's federal crimes of election interference, but running trucks outside of voting centers saying, if you don't vote Democrat, you won't get any money. That's not election interference. That's totally fine. Story says here, an ex-top trustee of Manhattan's elite Spence School says she janked, janked her daughter out of her growing disgust with its racial indoctrination. Um, just, call, just call it anti-white, because that's what it is, right? Anyway, it was capped by a class video that tarred and feathered white women. Hispanic tech executive Gabriel Barron fired off a scorched earth letter to the prestigious Upper East Side Institution last week, last week seething that the video 
shown to her eighth grade daughter and classmates on graduation day, openly derides, humiliates, and ridicules white women. They sat there in their graduation dresses while the white mothers of the white students, many of whom volunteer, donate, call, email, whatever, doesn't matter. Even if the fucking doesn't do shit, they don't disturb any of that. They were tarred and feathered in the video their teacher showed them. While their white female teachers were mocked, Baron raged in the missive, a, in, in the missive, a copy of which has been obtained by the Post. Baron said that the footage featuring racially charged comedian Ziwi Fumundo of don't know what that is, was just another in indication of what she and her husband see happened at Spence and many other schools in New York City. We've talked many other schools, even the crazy um, news anchor there pulled her kids out, right? Do they actually have a video of this here? Um, I'd love to see the video. If anybody have in the video shown to students, Zimwe Fumudo read Gloria Steinman, the lyrics from the song WAP by Cardi B and Megan Three Stallion. What the fuck? Holy shit. Gloria Steinem. Oy vey. Does anybody know if there's a video to this? I'd love to see this video. I'm sure they haven't. They said they obtained a copy. Was that maybe just a letter or something like that? Um, yeah, so these people, anyway, these people are pulling out, um, they're pulling out their kids uh, out of the schools, uh, which is which is pretty incredible, right? Absolutely incredible. Uh, and meanwhile, of course, uh, another person is being uh Unbanked, whatever you want to call it, debanked. Not sure what the what the term is. Uh, Michelle Malkin here used the term debanked. Another day, another debanking. Imagine a ruthless country where peaceful citizens who fearlessly defend their heritage, their families, and their faith can wake up in the morning and find themselves cut off from their entire life savings with no explanation and no recourse. That country is not Russia, not China, not North Korea, not North Korea, not Venezuela, or not Iran. Look at all those Muslims shutting down our bank accounts, right? That country is America in 2021. Lauren Witzke received a, a tears notice from her bank, Wells Fargo. Available balance on her account reads zero. Her entire life saving of roughly 15,000 had been transferred to loss prevention. Was this a case of theft or fraud? Had her account been compromised? Nope. When I called Wells Fargo, they told me that it was a business decision. That's the that's the letter we got too. By the way, back in 2019, we uh, I believe we showed we showed the letter at the time uh, too. Lana and I had our personal accounts shut down. We had the Red Eyes business account shut down. Lana's business credit account was shut shut down as well. Uh, back in 2019, canaries in the coal mine. Absolute fucking disgusting. This bank, Wells Fargo. They need to be sued. It needs to be a, a, a class action lawsuit. Remember Wells Fargo was this bank that set up all these phony accounts? Remember they just created accounts in people's names? Oh, no, 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 we'll correct that. Now, we'll, in fact, we'll start shutting down people's accounts unlawfully. How about that? <clears throat> and they said, and they have the right to close my account at any time, they said. Yeah, exactly. Now, so we turned to a government agency as well that was supposedly going to help us about this right, or with these kinds of issues, right? Well, according to law, you can you can demand to at least know why they kicked you off from the bank. Okay, we contact them. We do all that stuff. They write back. Basically says, uh, fuck you. We're not going to tell you. Because why? Because we don't feel like it. That's why. <clears throat> and, that, and, that's, and that's that. Don't have any... Don't have any power. Don't have any means. Who's being oppressed in this country? Who's being who's being held down? Who's being held back? Who's being targeted? They're doing all this while they're pretending that's like black and brown people are being discriminated in America. White supremacy is running the country, right? 
And then they're complaining on these insurrectionists for trying to turn on the system and, and then supposedly destroy a country which is built on white supremacy. It's all it's all laughable. It's all just fucking ironic. It, like dumb. That's what it is. It's dumb. A Wells Fargo representative told Witzke, who is working out this uh, working out of state and has no other bank account, that she would be barred from retrieving her funds at any branch uh, office and that they would mail a check. You know how that goes. Wells Fargo did not respond to my message and email inquiries regarding Witzke's case. Of course not. They just don't respond. And then she goes through a couple of other cases. Um, yeah, Lauren Witzke, in other words, had a has a big fat target on her back for threatening the powers that be in big government and big business. After the January 6th protests, she has encountered obstacles to fly impeded across the country to participate in political rallies and events. She cannot check into flights online. If swabbed for explosive, it has a SSSS, secondary security screening solution, marked on her tickets. That is a designation made by the Federal Transportation Security Administration. As far as I know, at this point, at, at least, we don't have any uh, transportation issues. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're working on that or whatever, but Fuentes, of course, no fly list and these kinds of things. And that was, of course, in the wake of January 6th, right? But there's all these different methods and versions that they're using to basically force people out of society, right? While the mainline argument in mainstream society is that white supremacy is running the show and they're somehow keeping all these other non-white people out from, from getting access to, to things such as bank accounts or credits, right? That's literally still the argument that they're making, right? Um, yeah, so anyway, she goes on here and talk about that, and she lists some of us, too, that were part of this, right? Before Whitsky came a long line of dissidents and nationalist groups, ranging from Loomer to Faith Goldie to the Pride Boys, Lana Loktev, Henry Palmgren, The Vider, Nick Fuentes, Gab founder Andrew Torba, all blocked or barred from financial entities ranging from Chase and Barclays to MasterCard, Visa, PayPal, Venmo, Patreon, Stripe, and Coinbase. And of course, in our case, you can add on virtually any payment processing service in the United States and even internationally too. We've tried Australia, uh, the UK, uh, due to what we believe is Wells Fargo putting us on a kind of a back-end blacklist that only bankers have access to. Where basically we haven't committed any crime, there's no illegal activity that is the reason for why they shut us down. It's just that they don't feel like serving us because they believe that we are white supremacists, right? And so that's all they, that's all they need. And so you know that they've been approached by third parties, right? They've been approached by third parties that is telling them, you better do what we tell you to do, choke these people out, or we'll write, we're, we'll write bad things about you. Much that you saw ADL do to the Icelandic Tourist Board. Remember that letter the ADL wrote after they said that they would um, ban circumcisions in the country? The ADL wrote a threatening letter to Iceland's tourist, tourist uh, agency basically saying we have all these connections to media in the US and we can see here looking at uh, some statistics that tourism is one of your main incomes that you're using over there in Iceland. Maybe, we, maybe we'll write bad things about you in our press and do news segments about how anti-Semitic Iceland is and we'll choke out your tourism industry. That, that's, that's, they literally did that, right? That like threatened an entire country, right? Let us cut off the foreskins of, of little boys' penises or else. That's, that's basically it, right? Let in our moil or, or else, right? 
Uh, yeah, Mark Collett in the UK, of course, have had his accounts shut down as well, bank accounts and stuff like that, right? Uh, but like again, it's like any financial solution for our website on the back end, right? Uh, uh, an interface on our site is is currently out out of the question for us, and we don't even know what this is. What are the claims made against us? What are the accusations? What whose work did they include on supposedly some? some source material that was used to approach these banking services and payment processors, whose lies did they include? And why can't we defend ourselves in a court of law? This was part of like the Magna Carta back in like, what is that? 1300s, I forget how, how far back it goes, maybe not that far, but you know, you get the idea, right? Like you have the right to face your accuser. That was like a, a basic tenant of like what became to be democratic society, democracy, right? All of that's gone out the window, and, and now it's a m- p- private company. But again, no protection from government or from the state. So anyway, yeah, so uh, Operation Choke Point is one issue that they're using, right? So this will probably be upscaled uh, under this new uh, uh, Merrick Garland White House insanity program that they're going to wheel out here too, right? To sh- again, to shut down any dissent. If you have questions about the vaccine, out. If you don't believe in COVID lockdowns, out. If you don't want the white race to be replaced and is the worst thing that ever happened to this planet, out. If you oppose immigration, open borders, out. It's insane. Absolutely fucking insane, right? Uh, Peter Dabrowska, who writes for uh, American Greatness, good magazine, we showed one of their articles here earlier. Uh, he also had his account miraculously shut down from Wells Fargo uh, shortly after the account of Lauren Witzke's uh, was shut down, which of course is is very uh, is very gay. I actually wrote to uh, Peter Brosca to see if he wanted to come on. We'll see if he, he accepts or not. I, I inquired about him coming on tomorrow uh, to talk about this. Might be a little bit too soon, but maybe if he's up for it, maybe next Tuesday. Uh, but it's a very important issue to deal with because it's the beginning. Uh, we are canaries in the coal mine when it comes to uh, being suppressed in a way that uh, no one else previously has, especially as everything is being digit- digitalized, right? Digitized, right? Uh, everything is electronic, and so of course you are, you know, now dependent to live in normal society on these electronic services tied to your financial uh, situation, right? Um, all right, so we'll see if that happens or not. Uh, that's good, and. Uh, yeah, we have a couple more. We're a little bit over time here, but uh, still we're, we're, we're still good. There's a couple more things I want to mention before we wrap up. Um, you guys in chat, okay? Do you want some more? Should we keep uh, keep going? <laughs> I do have some more stories. Uh, let me see here. Let me check. Entropy real quick. Uh, Bill Hoover, we'll, we did that one. Patty McGill. Uh, help, they're trying to turn me into, uh, into soap. Send money. What's... <laughs> <laughs> what was that about? That's funny. Was that uh, Merrick Garland? No. Uh, thank you, Patty. I appreciate that. Uh, um, I, I'm not missing the point, but I'm, pushing, I'm missing the uh, the reason why it was brought up. Thank you. Blast Elizo says, uh, I consider leaving the city, but at some point we need to take a stand. Instead, I'll stay armored and armored up for when they come for me. Uh, as the saying goes, it's better to die on your feet than to live on your knees. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, wh- whatever you... Whatever you want to do, just know that you'll be more and more. As each year passes, you'll be surrounded by by hostile, you know, forces. You have you have to be. Uh, you have to be. Uh, what is that call again? What that they do? That the uh, quartering, right? They quarter people, right? That's what's is that what's coming after the power is out and 
all that's left is a couple of horses that they haven't eaten yet. They'll be they'll be quartering you, uh, Blastelizo, in those some of those areas. My encouragement is not it's not it's not to flee. Oh, you've got to flee, right? Uh, I, I get you. I totally whatever you want to do, go, go ahead do it. But uh, go to a community, go form a community, right? And you can do that in a city too. That's that's totally fine, right? But just know that these will be like zombie zones, like with the first when the power outage comes, whether it's real or a gay up under the cyber polygon program, or a little bit later by the World Economic Forum or whatever, right? Um, it's going to turn ugly real damn fast, right? And you need to be in a region where you know a lot of good people and you can rely on each other. You can do like those Amish do. You know, you need to lift. You need, if you need to build and lift and move a barn, then you know you're in a good place, right? Build a barn, lift it with your hands, and move it around with your with your with your bros, right? <clears throat> that's what we want. On the countryside is 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 where it's at. That's where sanity will remain uh, to a certain extent. Things will just deteriorate in the cities. But I get your point, Blastly. So thank you, T Bear. Since a uh, donation on Interbeans has some non-Wells Fargo shekels, my dude. Thank you, T Bear. I appreciate that. It's very kind of you, Black Philip says, I honestly believe deep banking is illegal, but I'm not a lawyer. Banks give pedos, drug lords, and terrorist accounts. Yeah, they, they do. It's literally easy for people to sell uh, hardcore pornography or, or, or weapons than it is for Red Eyes to get a, not to get a merchant account, but to get landed, as they call it, with a so-called processor on the back end, right? That, that has to do with the clearinghouse, that has to do with the processor, right? Some banks is okay with you. Some some banks or maybe are not. But there's it's a it's a combination of three different components that have to fall into place for us to be able to do this. And we can't find a combination of those things. Oh, the bank was okay. But and if we did, like we did back in December, we had it for two weeks. And then the ADL or the SPLC or some other organization wrote to those people and said, look at all these bad news articles about these people on this website. Look at this Wikipedia thread, what it says about these people. <clears throat> Look at all the Antifa far-left maniacs that have written this story about these, these bad people. Look at all those pedo-apologists and the bad words they have about these right-wing nationalists. You have to shut them down. Or, or, or we'll write bad press about you. Again, I can't prove that, but that's most likely, right? Uh, anyway, uh, Black Phillips says here, it uh, likely won't be challenged in a high court anytime soon. Sad. Yes, that's right. They're forcing us out of society. Uh, that good meme from, um, was it the, uh, I think it was Stone Toss, right? B uh, build your own Twitter. And then, you know, they showed an example of Gab in the background. And there was build your own payment processor. And then they showed like, you know, crypto or digital currencies and things like this, right? Outside of the central banking systems and federal reserve systems and stuff like that, right? Although they're trying to change that. I know that, but still. So that's an option. And then they say, build your own government. And then the last frame, I think it was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> we can't. We can't let them do that now, can we? But that's what that's that's what's happening here. They're they're saying build your own country, build your own bank, right? And I was like, uh, okay, well maybe we will. Thank you, Black Philip. Appreciate that. Matt uh, Patty McGill says, uh, ever see the cringe 2018 movie Skin about a so-called white extremist? Pretty sure the couple that runs the skinhead gang in the film is supposed to be based on you and Lana. LOL. <clears throat> really? Apparently, Daryl the Barrel consulted on that one too. I'm not sure how know who that is. Daryl the Barrel. Oh, the um, uh, Daryl the uh, the black guy who runs around with the, the cameras and all these events, right? Skin. No, I've not. I've not. I've not seen that. But uh, that sounds very cringe. Yeah. Look at look at uh, look at how look at our look at our skinhead. Uh, um, uh, attitudes, right? Uh, 
Alright, uh, Robothink uh, with a dono over on ATP Stream Marathon. Marathon that shit. Keep it going. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Virginian Drifter with a dono as well says we're already at the point in some countries where you can be jailed for posting wrong thing on social media platforms. So I think the next step is to be rounded up. We have to pull out of this system. Yeah, and even if you don't want to pull out of the system, and that's kind of my argument here, I guess, they're like, they're pushing you out. And, and, and in a way, maybe that's a blessing in disguise in the sense that at least then we can potentially, you know, be in a situation where, you know, the, the power outage has, hasn't happened yet, right? The, the, the shutdown hasn't completely occurred. And so you can build some things, you can const make things, you can make sure to have certain things in place before they completely pull the plug as opposed to be dependent on these systems all the way up to the end, then they pull the plug and then you have nothing and you stare, stand with your pants down and your pee-pee hanging out and there's nothing you can do about that. So, I don't know. It's, I wish we weren't here, but that's, that's what it is. That's, they're, they're taking the steps. They're, they're the erratic ones. They're the insane ones. They're the spurgy ones. They're the ones who are just like, won't fucking let it go. Um, and so I, I say, let them overreach. Let them just, let them just try them. Let good you, you go ahead. You d demonstrate how, how insane you are by by going after boomers who do, who took selfies by calling them white supremacists and try to incarcerate them for the rest of their lives. Right? Uh, okay. Let me do a couple more here. Uh, over on Odyssey, uh, let me do those real quick. Uh, I didn't see those. Let me do those. Sorry if I missed those. I, I do need to keep an eye on that. Um, ba -ba -ba -ba. Nils, I think it is. Uh, nine library tokens. Thank you. Check out the Tucker's expose on the Sixer, uh, Jan Sixer incident. I believe that's the one we did play. I, I'm sure he hasn't, unless he has down two. Uh, but yes, we did play it right at the beginning. So if you joined us late, just go back at the show. One of the first things we covered. Thank you, Nils. I think it's Nils. Um, two more from Gabe Lackman. Uh, donation five. Thank you, sir. And for four ninety nine as well. Another donation. Thank you, Gabe Lackman. I appreciate that. Very kind of you. Um, all right. Let me do a couple more of these here real quick. Uh, stories. Where were we? Sorry, guys. I'm a little, a little tired at the end here. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mar Marjorie... <laughs> Mar Marjorie Taylor Green, right? We, we, we've talked about her a couple of times, and uh, although she's kind of uh, she's kind of you know insane in uh, in some respects, right? And and you know I don't know how deep she's into the Q stuff, and that's kind of a mostly like a leftist argument that's throwing around to like kind of deep, you know deep uh, you know delegitimize her basically right making her less credible so i'm not sure but but now she finally did something <laughs> where i'm like okay she did she totally deserves this right um so she ended up groveling and apologizing and begging for forgiveness on her knees because she had i i, I think the context was she had she had compare basically i think it was something with covid or the lockdowns or something like that or a second tier society vaccination things with like the you know, Holocaust, people at, in concentration camps or something like that, right? And then there was these stories about how she had gone and get educated about this. And then he said, oh, my God, I can't believe I said that. I, I, I apologize. I can't believe that I did that. Now, now I've been educated, and so I won't do that again. And I'm sorry, right? And so, of course, uh, they didn't want her apology. 
uh, believe it or not. The, uh, the American Jewish Congress, they said, Mar Marjorie Taylor Greene, your apology is not accepted. The American Jewish Congress strongly rejects Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene's June 14 apology for equating COVID mask wearing with the forced wearing of the Star of David during the Holocaust. <laughs> In response to her persistent abuse of the memory of the Holocaust, we have launched a social media campaign. There you go. Not a prop featuring Holocaust survivors who provide searing testimony about their experiences and their reaction to actions that demand, demean the Holocaust. What did she, where was the, uh, the, what was the um, uh, apologizing thing? Which I had a link on that. She did some video. Did someone, maybe someone ha has that. Let me see if I can find that real quick. See if we could play that. Uh, I think it was, I think it was on Twitter. Uh, let me see here. YouTube. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I don't want that. I don't want, I just want the raw video. Let me see here. So this is going to be hard to find because fucking Google. Uh, here we go. Is this the one? Does CNN have it? Is that really so? Let, let's see. If, let's see if that's. Let's see if that's the video. Sorry, guys. Let me open this up here real quick. <clears throat> Found one. Hopefully, CNN has just the video of that. Okay, I think I found it here. Uh, da, 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 da. Let me pull that in. There it is. Okay, let me pull that up and let's see if we can play it. See, I know I was a bit slow, so let's see how this goes. No, it's going to be... Breaking news. news emerging right now. Okay, it's going to be a news report. Let's see how much they play of it then. Damn it. I, thought it was, I just wanted the raw video. I'm back in Washington on Capitol Hill about the controversial pro-Trump Republican member of Congress, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Our congressional correspondent, Ryan Nobles, is joining us. He's got details. Ryan, Representative Greene just spoke uh, after secretly visiting the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum in Washington. Tell our viewers what she said. Yeah, well, this comes after Green made comments on a conservative television show a couple of weeks ago where she compared the mask mandates in the House of Representatives to the beginnings of the Holocaust. Uh, Green was roundly criticized for those remarks. She actually doubled down on those comments in a couple of interviews after the fact. But today she made an abrupt turn of course. She said that she visited the Holocaust Museum here in Washington, D.C., and those comments were a mistake. Take a listen to some of what the Congress woman had to say earlier today. I have made a mistake and it's really bothered me for a couple of weeks now. And so I definitely want to own it. The horrors of the Holocaust are something that some people don't even believe happened and some people deny, but there is no comparison to the Holocaust. And there are words that I have said and remarks that I've made that I know are offensive. And for that, I want to apologize. Anti-Semitism is true hate. And I saw that today at the Holocaust Museum. And I think it's something that we should all remember and never forget. Uh, so I just wanted to come here today and, and say that I'm truly sorry for offending people with remarks about the Holocaust. There's no comparison. Yeah, so they, so the point is, you can you can grovel and, and you can apologize and you can do the, all these things and, and of course then in a humiliating turn of events in terms of a story arc for this person, MTG, Marjorie Taylor Greene, 
um, that's the most humiliating thing you can do. Like uh, apologizing for something, and then just still just like no, we're not we're not going to forgive you. That's it. We don't want your apology. <clears throat> totally unaccepted, unacceptable. Um, so there you go. I mean, so that's it. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. This is complete bullshit. Like humiliating. Like just like own it then, and just like okay, well I don't care. I'm not going to not going to apologize for it. Um, keep keep moving, right? But of course, it was that's the, that's the one issue. That that's that's the one, right? If there's anything, it's that one. Uh, but they don't want your apologies. That's the point too. Uh, they they would still screw you over. Okay, um, let me see what else we have here. Oh, this is interesting too. Uh, so they are studying the point here. Uh, tie it all together here with the January six uh, this outline for so-called white supremacy and all that kind of stuff, right? They, I, I've said this many times too, but they they're, they like to study you. And I'm talking about the 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 anti. Let's use a broad term. Let's say the anti-globalists, right? The people who don't want the, the the new modern shit that's being pushed down our throats, right? They're studying those individuals like they're like they're a caged exotic animal, and they sit from afar and they do their little an analysis on on sliced data from you know websites and things like that. And apparently, here's a here's one from Fisorg here. Talking about uh, <clears throat> malicious content, how it exploits pathways between platforms to continue to thrive online and subvert moderation. So they have a little graph here of showing the statistical distribution of how content jumps from one platform to another. They have things such as VK, Telegram, Instagram, Gab, Facebook, and 4chan. Uh, to demonstrate this, Let, let's read a little bit here from it. Malicious COVID-19 online content, including racist content. There, there we go. Misinformation and disinformation. So let's just let's just jumble it all together. That's why I showed that uh, Canadian uh, Ottawa Health uh, thing earlier, right? It's like the, the, basically anything that is anything that has been important and interesting to discuss. The last year and a half, basically, right, is it, things that they don't want you to be able to talk about. All the anti-white crazy bullshit, and and like the lockdowns and the man, like the the rollout of this vaccine and stuff like that. Right? If you talk about any of that, you're 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 labeled, right? You're you're out. Anyway, it says here that this uh, that this uh, dangerous content here of of doubting uh, how the authorities have overreached and grabbed more power in the wake of COVID nineteen, and then beginning. Uh, promoting vaccinations of not only elderly, but also young people and now soon going down to the baby stage here. If you're against that, that's dangerous. And it turns out that that type of material, it thrives and spreads online by bypassing the moderation efforts of individual social media platforms, according to new research published in the journal Scientific Reports. By mapping online hate clusters, <laughs> By mapping online hate clusters across six major social media platforms, researchers at the George Washington University show how malicious content exploits pathways between platforms, highlighting the need for social media companies to rethink and adjust their content moderation policies. There you go. It's still there. People are still sharing what they believe online. Shut it down. All right. Led by Neil Johnson, a professor of physics. Physics is doing this. This physics works now. 
Um, at George Washington University, the research team set out to understand how and why malicious content thrives so well online, despite significant moderation efforts and how it can be stopped. The team used a combination of machine learning and network data science to investigate how online hate communities sharpened COVID-19 as a weapon and used current events to draw in new followers. <laughs> how, how dare you talk about current events to, uh, to interest people of what really is going on in the world? How dare you? Until now, slowing the spread of malicious content online has been like playing a game of whack-a-mole because of map because a map of the online hate, hate multiverse did not exist. I, I'm, I'm learning a, a very many new fascinating concepts here today, such as uh, hate clusters, hate multiverse, and uh, uh, what was the other one here? Um, online hate communities. Fascinating. Johnson, who is also a researcher at the George W. or George Washington Institute for Data, Democracy, and Politics. That, that, that sounds, yeah. All right. Uh, said, you cannot win a battle if you don't have a map of the battlefield. In our study, so basically, so how do we do to win the war against snuffing out information we disagree with? In our study, we laid out a first of a kind map of this battle. Whether you're looking a, at traditional hate topics, such as anti-Semitism or anti-Asian racism surrounding COVID-19. The battlefield map is the same. And it is this map of links within and between platforms that is the missing piece in understanding how we can slow or stop the spread of online hate content. Do you hear how it so even sounds like it's COVID, like a virus? Remember the, uh, the UN was talking about the, how misinformation was the real virus? Since since we know it was like a get what a gay op with with the virus to try to sell us, then they like actually it's the uh, actually it's the opinions that uh, we don't approve of. That's the real violence uh, or the virus, I should say, the real virus. So much talk of bullshit violence here today. Uh, the, and, and then now we have to stop the spread. How do we stop the spread? What's the vaccinations against hate clusters in hate communities on online hate cluster, uh, m m you know, new websites? The researchers began by mapping how hate clusters interconnected to spread the narratives across social media platforms, focusing on six platforms. I wonder why, right? Facebook. VK, Instagram, Gab, Telegram, and 4chan. The team started with a given a given hate cluster and looked <laughs> and looked outward to find a second hate cluster that was strongly connected to the original hate cluster. And what we found was a group of Dinkleberry uh, clusters of hate. They found the strongest connections were VK into Telegram between cross-platform connections, Telegram into 4chan, and Gab into 4chan. The researchers then turned their attention to identifying malicious content related to COVID-19. Well, there you go. Malicious content related to COVID-19. They found that the coherence of COVID-19 discussion increased rapidly in the early phase of the pandemic, with uh, hate clusters forming narratives and cohering and co-hearing around COVID-19 topics and misinformation.
to subvert moderation efforts by social media platforms. Groups sending hate messages used several adaptation strategies. Yeah, you think it's like, oh, okay, we're shut down here. Okay, well uh, then I'll have to I have to share my meme over here. Is that what the, is it's the scientific study? That's what this is. Oh, okay, I can't say I can't send this on Instagram. Okay, well I'll I'll share it on my gab then. It, it, okay. See what I'm saying? They they're studying this like it's an animal. That they're, they're like totally separated from this, and they don't understand. Like they're pretending they don't understand what it is to be human. All of a sudden, maybe they're not. Maybe they're not. What what do I know? In other instances, they, they regrouped on other platforms and or re-entered a platform. The researchers found, for example, clusters frequently change their names to avoid detection by moderators' algorithms, such as vaccine to vaccine with uh, the dollar signs replaced the s's similarly anti-semitic and anti-lgbtq clusters simply added a string of ones or a's before their name because the number of independent social media platforms is growing these hate generating clusters it's a fascinating uh, are very likely to strengthen and expand their interconnections via new links and will likely exploit new platforms well Got to shut that down then, which lie beyond the reach of the U.S. and other Western nations' jurisdictions. Yeah, the, you mean the, the open and democratic societies? Is that what you're talking about? Th they're lying outside of those? Is that, what you're, is that what you mean? So you can't share your opinions online anymore? Anyway, I'm getting fucking tired of this. This is bullshit. The chances of getting all social media platforms globally to work together to solve this are very slim. Well, good. However, our mathematical analysis identifies strategies that platforms can use as a group to effectively slow or block online hate content. And is, there's no definitions, no real examples of what this was, right? A couple of things, but it's like, what are you even talking about? How do you even, I'd like to see the scientific study on how you weave these weave words or opinions of people into so-called hate content, right? Based, last thing I'll, I'll read here. Based on their findings, the team suggested several ways for social media platforms to slow the spread of malicious, viral, you know, disgusting content. Hey, these hate clusters need to stop. Artificially lengthen the pathways that malicious content needs to take between clusters, increasing the chances of its detection by moderators and delaying the spread of time-sensitive materials, such as weaponizing COVID-19 misinformation and violent content. That's that's on par. That's the same now. Different view of COVID-19 is now on same as violent content. It, it's I mean, these people are it's fucking incredible. Control the size of an online hit clusters support base by placing a cap on the size of, of clusters. Don't they have already done that on Facebook and stuff like that? Don't they? Introduce non-malicious mainstream content in order to effectively dilute a cluster's focus. That's right. So just, just push in all the propaganda that you can just find. It's just imaginable that you can find. Links in between and no, this is the official story and masks do work. Vaccines are safe. Yes, we have some people dying, but they are safe. Yes, it's Russian roulette, but they're generally they're safe. This has been studied for a long time. Don't let anybody tell you anything else. Unbelievable. All right, this was kind of weird too. I haven't seen this. The video, yeah, the video is here, right? 
Teen couple charged with killing girl's dad while they laugh about the murder in a deranged video. And I think it was something over the fact that the father here uh, wasn't approving of his daughter's interracial relationship, I believe. And so they decided to kill him. That's right. But that's not that's not racially motivated violence or anything like that. Here's uh, I haven't seen this yet. Here's the here's the video. They look like young sweethearts just goofing around until this chilling boast. Day three after <laughs> murdering somebody. Whoa! Don't put that on the camera. They admit to committing a murder. Is he the uh, is he the smart one of the two? Murder. It was worth it. The victim, uh, according yeah. to prosecutors, the girl's own father, Daniel Helseth. Let's put in uh, 25 push-ups, huh? How's that sound? The dad was a fitness and travel buff who loved to post videos online, including these moments as a doting dad. There's Sierra. But he reportedly didn't approve of his 16-year-old daughter, Sierra, dating 18-year-old Aaron Guerrero. And he wasn't alone. His ex-wife, Elizabeth, a former Nevada Republican state senator, also had a problem with her daughter's relationship. After they banned Sierra from seeing Aaron, Sierra's father disappeared. He's been missing for two days. His work's called, his family's called, I've called, his ex-wife's called, and there's nobody answering the phone. I know there's something very wrong going on here. There was indeed, as friends found out when they checked in on Halseth's home in Las Vegas that he had been renovating. There's a dead body in the garage. Halseth had been stabbed to death and his body set on fire. Cops say Sierra Halseth and her boyfriend took off in her dad's car right after the slaying. They were arrested days later, 400 miles away in Salt Lake City, after apparently trying to dodge a train fare. Prosecutors say they found that chilling video on the girl's cell phone. It appears to have been taken in a tent while they were on the run. At one point, Aaron put his hands around Sierra's neck. <laughs> the two Holy shit. Holy fuck. Oh my god. Fucking hell. Oh shit. Okay, let's keep going. On the girl's cell phone, it appears to have been taken in a tent while they were on the run. At one point, Aaron put his hands You know he's you know he's gonna kill her next, right? You you do you do realize that, right? That's the next victim right there that you're looking at around Sierra's neck. <laughs> the two were also caught on security camera buying bleach and other items cops say were used to clean up the crime scene. I spoke to Dr. Keith Abloh about how such a girl with a seemingly idyllic childhood there's Sierra could end up charged with murdering her own father. What jumps out at you from the video is the complete lack of empathy. There seems to be a disconnect in which the perpetrator or perpetrators don't even seem to consider what they're doing to be real in a certain way. And that's why they don't emote in a way that we would consider to be quote unquote normal. Now, is there any, uh, chat, did I miss that? But there wasn't, as far as I know, isn't been maybe there's more to that right but it could have been the age that they disapproved of i mean it's irrelevant really but it's interesting that the i would assume it's like framed from a perspective to the oh he didn't approve of the of their multiracial relationship right that's kind of the angle here right and I, I, maybe that is part i'm sure that is part of it right but i'm just saying that hasn't been established but it's still framed as it's like well they're uh they're fighting racism 
these these anti-racists are totally not psychotic people who feel nothing about murdering their own father, right? She's obviously along for the ride here, but still, I mean, completely emotionally det uh, detached from this. This is incredible, absolutely incredible. But as far as I know, that has not been like weaved into the discussion as of yet, at least. We'll, we'll see if there's more about that. Maybe that comes up. Well, he said I couldn't date him because he was Mexican or something, right? Um, but still, it could have been could have been the age. Anyway, let's listen to the rest of the video. Here. Considered to be quote unquote normal. Day three <laughs> after murdering somebody. Whoa! The teens haven't entered a plea. If convicted of murder, he could face the death penalty, but she's too young and faces life in prison. So yeah, uh, if that's the the angle here, then not wanting about uh, what uh, we don't we we don't even know. We don't even know how long it took to create, make, nature, gods, God, whatever you believe in, uh, to make people that look uh, like Europeans do. Uh, not wanting that to be erased in future generations merits you to be killed now. And, and you know, again, this is because of all the anti-white hatred, right? Of all the propaganda surrounding, you know, so-called anti-racism, which is really anti-whiteism, right? Um, and I haven't really seen that much about the story. Imagine if it was something different here, right? The other way around or something like that, racial roles. Uh, incredible, right? Absolutely a travesty, right? So just just kill him, just murder him. And uh, so I guess, yeah, so they are caught. So I guess she, uh, if, she if they weren't caught that fast though, I think she, he would have murdered her eventually too, uh, probably. Uh, I don't. I don't think it was uh, was her, her idea, but you. But you never know. You. You never know, right? Um, okay. A couple of more things here. Uh, so Canada is getting rid of their brass in the military. There's uh, been some shakeups, uh, which is kind of another interesting thing. We've talked about the things happening in uh, the U.S. military. They're rooting out certain people, and I guess the same thing is happening in Canada to a certain extent. I'm actually not. Uh, real familiar with the backstory in terms of some of the other controversies that have been going on inside of the ca Canadian Armed Forces, but I, I suspect it's very similar to the situation in the U.S. that they're like, they don't want to go along with certain things, they don't, they seem to be more um, maybe traditionally oriented, shall we say, and so they're trying to root them out. But here's an update regarding that, specifically one um, uh, Lieutenant General, uh, Mich Michel R Rouleau, I think his name is, let's check this clip here, it's a short clip. Uh, but just to give you an idea that this is happening in Canada, too. Donna, Denny Fortin has launched a court challenge to the government's decision to remove him from his job as the head of Canada's vaccine rollout. In documents filed with the federal court... Oh, vaccine rollout. I'm sorry, is it over the COVID thing? Okay, interesting. Sorry, I got that wrong then. I thought it was like their hunt for, I don't know, white supremacists or something. I think it's something of that it brought up. I looked at the clip yesterday. I think something from that is brought up. Like there's a... He was opposed to certain ways, shall we say, of the, the, how they're trying to, you know, kind of tweak and, and, and nudge the military. But anyway, let's check the clip first. Fortin makes some incendiary allegations against the prime minister, the minister of health and the minister of national defense, saying the decision to get rid of him was politically motivated and overrode the military chain of command without him having the ability to defend himself before having his reputation destroyed. The court documents reveal a behind-the-scenes look at what Fortin says happened in the days leading up to his removal, including an allegation that the head of the Public Health Agency of Canada warned Fortin to prepare himself for the moment that they determine you need to be let go and to keep your bags packed. 
Fortin says comments like that one where he was told and another where he was told that the political calculus had changed prove the whole thing was politically motivated and amounted to what he calls inappropriate political interference by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and members of his cabinet who Fortin says got rid of him for their own personal and political gain, overriding the chief of the defense staff and leaving out key context about the allegation he was facing. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, when asked about it today, would only say it's before the courts. So, Mercedes, where does all of this leave the government and the military? How do you move forward when you keep losing top people? Well, that's a great question and a tough one. Senior military leaders don't appear to respect the defense minister. They're not listening (laughs) to him, and they certainly don't seem to get it based on that infamous golf game. This is now becoming an issue for the government of civilian control over the military. With the government seeming to have lost control on this file, it's increasingly becoming an issue, and it blew up today in question period. Listen to this. The Canadian Armed Forces is literally falling apart before our eyes. When will the Prime Minister fire his incompetent minister? We know that we have a lot more work to do to making sure that we create an inclusive environment in the Canadian Armed Forces, and we will get it done. And then there's the question of where Minister Sajjan is. He hasn't come out other than question period to give interviews or public statements. And this is all very complicated for the military too, Donna. They can oh, so he's, he's hiding for some reason. That's interesting. Continue to lose key leaders in an institution that is supposed to be protecting the country and our national security. It's hard to do that when you're putting out daily fires, though, dealing with ongoing bad decisions and not just historic allegations. Falling around, falling apart everywhere, right? Um, but I think, I think it's, I think, I think that's the plan. Uh, that's what they want, and of course, Canada is already dealing with like massive <laughs> infiltration on on every level, right? Trudeau is letting this just happen, right? Just Chinese buying up everything, real estate and houses and everything, right? It, it, it's crazy, right? All of it, uh, it's happening. But that's interesting. More, uh, you know, in terms of Canada, we, we have uh, focused on some of that. But the military seems to be in turmoil. They did do uh, what looks like maybe a kind of a dry run gay op when it comes to the cyber polygon fake uh, outage on computers and stuff. They continued that uh, onto Southwestern Airlines, who grounded their entire fleet uh, and blamed it on a computer outage. We we still don't have all the details about that, but. Uh, I'm sure it's part of that. I'm sure we'll find out that they're like a World Economic Forum or something like that partner. Uh, and this is why they do it. Now, it might be something real behind it. I'm not saying that, but we've seen many of these and expect more of these to come in the future as well as we lead up to Cyber Polygon in July. And then finally, if my prediction comes true, a couple of months or so after, maybe even autumn, winter months, uh, we'll actually see a, a real fake outage of the power grid. But hopefully, hopefully I'm wrong, right? Hopefully I'm wrong. Now we showed so as we showed a story out of um, uh, what was it? Was it uh, Wall Street Journal? Was it the Washington Post that had a story about the a BlackRock is buying up uh, tons of uh, houses and stuff like that too? They're uh, now becoming uh, landlords essentially. They're they're rent, the renting thing is happening in the U.S. Now we've had this in Sweden for many years. The Million Program was one of the things that the government started back in the '60s and '70s. They knocked down beautiful old houses and build socialist utilitarian shoeboxes stacked on top of each other in such a way that if you looked at the building, uh, your soul died. Uh, And then, of course, you don't own anything, you'll rent it, right? But we were happier. We didn't didn't own anything, 
but we were happier, right? So this 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 trend of upward mobility that we've seen when it comes to the real estate issue uh, is basically grinding to a halt in in the U.S. as well now. Uh, so it's more common in many let's say European uh, countries to uh, to just rent and not actually own anything. Now I'm not a believer in just like that continuous real estate growth and stuff like that. That's just kind of silly. But it, it, that then is predicated on, co on continuous population growth. And so if you do have a decline in the native population, the only way you can make up for that is to import people like they do now, right? Uh, so I, I'm not saying I believe in that, but at least traditionally they had this idea of like, well, you know, you're young, you you buy a house, and then you know the the, the value of the house goes up, and you can sell that, and then you can get something else, and you know you again you kind of build up your wealth or whatever uh, by using real estate. Again, I don't think that's a very good way, but that's just how it's been traditionally. But that that's going out the window, and now they're doing what they call built to rent suburbs. Uh, that are popping up all across the U.S. And we know that they're doing that because that's what they want, because you're not going to own anything and you're going to eat bugs and you're going to live in these pods that they're building. Uh, it's Agenda 2030, or if you will, Agenda 21, which is the uh, extended program. Agenda 2030 simply just kind of a, uh, a landmark or a milestone in a much larger plot and plan. Uh, and of course, if you were wondering about uh, how it's going on the front of the bug uh, promotion, Check out uh, this clip. Two, uh, two good clips here. I think it was from uh, Conspiracy Central over on Telegram. Uh, two good ones here. I'll play them in a row, and then we're going to start wrapping up. But uh, here's the bug, the bug promotion. Ready? How much space do you need to live comfortably? I'm sorry. Here's the pod. Here's the pod promotion. Here we go. Pods first, then bugs. Here we go. You know, 2,000 square feet is the norm across much of America. But how about 200 square feet? Pod living is the way to go, Christy. Yeah, that's right. Peter Berkowitz says he's subletting, but it's not a typical unit. He turned a space in the living room into a personal pod. Pod living communities. But if it's really tiny and livable, that's something special. So an entire trend started. Ashley Marco is slumbering away, but she's not in her private bedroom. She's renting a pod with a whole bunch of strangers. What we're trying to do is housing in the cloud, like mobile housing, but not mobile housing like RVs. Mobile housing is you can have a home anywhere. There's no privacy allowed. I see you, you see me. He says sleeping in a bunk with no privacy is no problem. Hey guys, welcome to my pod. Check out this hallway of two-storied pods. Each pod was marked with a number. Storage spaces are tucked under floors. Large windows create the illusion of space. The countertops fold out, the steps double as a sofa. The bathtub is part of the living room. Because bunk beds are for kids, pods are for adults, coexist without privacy in these <laughs> redesigned bunk beds right. that we called pods. It was a 1,200 square foot space, and I had this idea of putting 10 what we call pedestrians into the space. Take this house, crammed into a space the size of one parking spot. The width between the walls, just inches. Anything that you do here, you're on display. You have one, two, three, four, five, six eyeballs on you, and that's how the community polices itself. Um, you know, if you snore, that's a problem. We call them dinosaurs or dinosaurs. If you're a dinosaur, you're extinct from the community. It also kind of reminds me of like adult summer camp. <laughs> we very comfortably go upstairs to our pod, and you know, we come into our pod uh, with like a balcony view. You get your own pod, but you share everything else. You can put your suitcase underneath your pod. Everybody writes their name on their pods. And again, to make small spaces even smaller. Pod, what do you call it? Pedestrian. Pedestrian. Are you a pedestrian? Yeah, I am. I don't think you want to prevent innovation. 
You literally write your name here. You're actually a community with names, and everyone gets a pedestrian number. You get one plate, one fork, one knife, and one cup. You get half of a fridge shelf. This may not seem like a comfy place to sleep, but it's actually very cozy and blocks out all sunlight, which makes it easier to sleep. I hope you enjoyed this tour of the pod, and let me know if you would move into a pod. Would you stay here for eight months or longer, or would you consider it? There you go. <clears throat> Good stuff, huh? Saw this one. Uh, one. Uh, <clears throat> it was an image actually initially. They were they're they're planning on building. We heard about those cubes, like massive cubes. They have that, their own, you know, like ecosystem and all that kind of stuff, right? Seven point three billion people, one building. Um, it's a longer article, but I want to show you the images towards the end. They're talking about like compression, how much do we need as humans and stuff like that. Blah blah blah. Uh, here, here they, they sample. What is this? Bornholm Island off of, off of uh, Sweden's coast. It's actually, actually Danish territory now, but still. They're saying the population of all four countries could fit into that little red square right there. You just have to do it right. Um, yeah, let me scroll down and show you those. The, the these, these here. These are incredible. A cubic building. A lot, let me go full screen here. You can see this. A cubic building... <clears throat> with a side of 1.07 kilometers that could hold all 7.3 billion humans on the planet. The world's tallest building, the 825-meter Burj Khalifa, right? I think that's in what, Abu Dhabi or Dubai or some shit like that. And the 443-meter Empire State Building added for reference. So this is, this, is what, this is what they want right there. They want that Borg cube right there and you living inside of that with 7.3 billion people that's right that's uh it's it's science uh that's where we're going with this absolute uh absolutely horrific uh entropy couple more then we'll play the bug video and then we'll wrap up blast elizo marjorie taylor green is a useful idiot she's not going anywhere yeah i believe you're right on that i think the she did the necessary uh backpedaling here to kind of be be part of Continuing to be part of the circulation, you know, kind of thing. Uh, thank you, Blasilizo. Jimmy Fallis, I have a malicious, I have malicious content and hate clusters in my stool. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Jimmy. Uh, last video we play here for tonight. Uh, eat the bugs, gentlemen. Why are we not eating insects? We're just wimpy here, I guess, right? Why aren't we eating insects? I mean, what's the what's the cultural reason? We just have the creepy crawlies. It's a little bit weird, you know, sometimes those exoskeletons are creepy and, you know, if you get a, if you get a leg stuck in your teeth, it's crunchy. We love crunchy. Uh, it's, it's got sort of a smoky, musky flavor. Well, we love that. And so there's not really any good excuse that I could come up with for not liking bugs. Well, let's go eat some bugs. All right. Do they wear cowboy hats and ride horses at cr Cricket Farm? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> micro farming. All right, well, environmentalists are reminding diners that eating bugs is great for the planet. In honor of Earth Day, some New York chefs cooked up some edible insects, as you can see there, yummy. Meet the palate pioneers. These creepy crawly converts may just have the future of food in the palm of their hands. Our time has come. Bugs are definitely the future. And this is what they hope to cash in on what they're calling the gateway bug. About two billion people around the world supplement their diet with insects. Now a new report says creepy crawlies could help avoid a potential global food crisis. Most cultures actually think of... Oh, a global food crisis, you say? Well, what, what in the world could all this farming, um, de-incentivizing farmers from growing food and buying up their crops and destroying it, what could that have to do with any of this, you say? 
I don't know, for foods like grasshoppers or caterpillars or ants or termites. You pull off a leg and actually there's nice meat in the thigh if you have the legs on there. You can put the whole thing in your mouth and chomp away. I personally like crunching their heads. One, two, three, eat it, eat it, eat it! Some things like cockroaches have little parasites in them. I gotta tell you, this is my favorite bug meal. Beautiful western brown tarantula spiders. And it's a perfect holiday gift. <laughs> Our mission is to raise awareness and appreciation for edible insects through delicious, creative, and educational programming. What we need to address that is a drastic shift in perception from insects as pests to edible insects something that is delicious and it's like help me think of like new words when you're sitting around with your friends and if you're over 21 and you're having a drink you're like let's try to think of a new word for crickets for like entomophagy let's try to think of a new term for eating insects besides that ento what, what's that word again and you guys can really start helping us we have some yummy popcorn with some gusano worm salt they are pushing insects as a mainstream food of the future. Here, these are chips, but they're made with insects? Yes, specifically crickets. <laughs> okay, uh, they look like regular chips, they taste like regular chips. Um, tell me how chip technology and cricket technology become one. If we can get people to start eating more insects and less animal protein, then really the world would be a better place. Let's, let's like back up. So basically how this all started was I was an African studies major in college and I was studying abroad in Tanzania. Of course you were. And I met this woman selling fried caterpillars on the side of the street. Put it in my mouth before I could think too much We've about how it We've played this video before. It's, and when I bit down, my first thought funny. was, wow, this tastes like lobster. Wow. Which actually makes sense because insects and crustaceans are closely related. Where someone dared me to eat a fried scorpion. And so I had the same reaction that Laura did, which is, oh my gosh, this tastes like shrimp. Insects. <laughs> then the idea of putting it inside a vending machine was a way to try and normalize it a bit more. Are far more sustainable. They're easy to farm. They don't need much water source. And in comparison to like farming cattle and sort of live food, they are just they oh, they're just they're, far more easier yeah, to make far more sense. Yeah, they're also really good for us as well. So they feel so alive, don't they? And they actually taste fine. Mexicans enjoy chili toasted grasshoppers. Thais tuck into cricket stir fries and Ghanaians snack on termites. Chili pepper seasoned crickets, even scorpions. Scorpions still have the stingers in them. So someday soon, you might be chowing down on this sandwich with mealworm garnish, then washing that down with a frosty beverage topped with crunchy crickets. These string potatoes aren't complete without adding some dried ants. Barbecue roasted crickets. Mmm. That's buffalo worms. Buffalo worm protein powder. Mmm. Breakfast. Barbecue mealworms. Granola. <laughs> With buffalo worms. Greek spiced grasshoppers. High protein pasta. Cricket flour. Belgian milk chocolate covered cricket. Buffalo mealworm pasta. Topped with tomato sauce, crickets, buffalo worms, and my nemesis, the grasshopper. We have to fundamentally change our diets if we're going to really take hold of this climate change problem. There you go. It's good. I like it. It's not I actually bad. like it. It's tasty. I think anyone would like these. Anyone. I believe that edible insects will be widely accepted and normalized in America within five to ten years.
All right, there you go. <clears throat> so, of course, uh, you have to uh, <clears throat> you have to change people's behavior. Right, this is very important. Check out the latest uh, weekend warrior we did Wednesday. We talked about you see up in the uh, image to the right there of Lana. Uh, simulated foods. They're starting simulating foods now. We've talked about companies such as Just Egg, uh, and this is a new one called Simulate, where they're making uh, nugs, which is a, uh, a plant-based chicken McNugget. It's not chicken. It's no chicken in there. And they're making these discs now, and they're using uh, computer-coded, uh, you know, computer code to develop the texture and the protein combinations, and um, you know, chewiness and all this kind of stuff. Like it's it's real scientific food. It's not a single uh, healthy or real ingredient in there, but that's fine, you know. Anyway, went into some more details about this, but also the the founder of this company, Simulate Foods, uh, or Simulate, um, is talking about how important it is to overcome that mental barrier for, and they're pitching it straight to kids uh, by using TikTok as the pro, as the as the promoter, right? Courting uh, TikTokers. Um, to get them to talk about their foods and all that stuff. It, it's it's absolutely horrific uh, garbage. But yeah, check that out on the Weekend Warrior Show if you want more. Uh, I'm going to start wrapping up here, guys. So thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Thank you to everyone joining us over on Entropy Stream, on Trovo, and also on Odyssey. Let me check uh, real quick in on Odyssey. We didn't miss any there. Uh, thank you guys there. And thank you to everyone over on Trovo sending us uh, donuts and stuff like that there. I do apologize if I missed any of yours. Uh, didn't mean to, but uh, thank you to... Let's do the top, uh, the top rated ones there real quick, and then we can uh, get out of here. Archie Bunker is number one, I think, for top online just right now. Thank you, Archie Bunker. Um, Fagulator, number two, <laughs> and then Pat, number three. Thank you, guys. Appreciate that. The weekly ranking, we have Brad C, number one. Uh, we have Lord Aragon, number two, and Shadow Government, number three. Thank you, thank you to you guys. Uh, appreciate that. Let me check uh, last one here on uh, Entropy. Blasalizo says a bugger is a sodomite, and so it's very interesting that many of them are shilling the bugs. Interesting. Bugger. Is that a term? Interesting. I've actually not heard that one before. Thank you, uh, Blasalizo. I appreciate that. That's very kind of you. If you want to uh, join us over at redicemembers.com, you can uh, do so very easily. Just get up, uh, get sign up for a, a account over at redicemembers.com. Uh, then there's a number of ways you can still sign up using your credit card. Subscribestar is one of them. Uh, that's going to subscribestar.com slash redice, and then you sign up there, and then you either uh, send us an email. It's simply redice at protomet.com and tell us you signed up, and we'll link your accounts. If you haven't set up an account, though, on members, that's fine. You can go straight to Subscribestar. Just send us an email or a DM message on Subscribestar. works as well, a message there. And just tell us uh, what uh, username or uh, and email, I should say, username and email you want, and we'll set up that account for you and activate it right away. Otherwise, Entropy Stream is another method you can use. Then we have, what else do we have? Uh, we have, let me see here, uh, Cash App, of course, that's still working. And then we have an e-check option for those of you in the U.S. Uh, same way as using uh, How You Pay a Utility Bill. Very simple, very easy. Check out that. We also have crypto option, of course. Everything is available for you. More info on RedEyesMembers.com. Just uh, set up your account or log in if you have an account already and then click uh, choose your subscription. Then click Next and you get to a page that have all the instructions. It's very easy. It goes very quick. Uh, and so thank you guys for that. We do need the support. And of course, you get access to Weekend Warrior exclusive videos and a bunch of other stuff as well. So appreciate it. Okay, guys, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Very good to see you all today. Thank you for uh, bearing with me here today. A little bit extra, I think an extra hour almost of streaming. Uh, but I think it was worth it. 
Good stuff. Covered as usual. All right, boys and girls, thank you so much. We'll see you guys again soon. Uh, more in the pipeline, of course, shorter videos. We might do Peter Broska tomorrow. I'm not sure, depending if he says yes or not. Otherwise, we'll look at next week, uh, probably Tuesday. Uh, we have some other people in the pipeline as well. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Take care. We'll see you soon. Do you love Red Ice? Want more? Get access to exclusive material by signing up for a Red Ice membership. You'll be able to watch Weekend Warrior, our flagship show, the second hour of interviews, and other special feature videos only for subscribers. Were you a member and we lost you along the way? Renew! We love and appreciate you guys and gals and cannot do this without you. Help us be a sane voice, a lighthouse in the sea of insanity. As times get tougher, as people are searching for answers, they're going to need content like red ice. A little of all your support can go a long way. Thank you.